Hello, everybody. Hi. Sorry we've been gone for two weeks. You want to explain really quick? Do you want to explain? Yeah, I feel like we should. It's my <laughs> fault. Well, it's not my fault, but basically last podcast, the first podcast we missed, we were planning on recording it like a day late, and it was just because I was very sick. I had to get tested for COVID. It was like a whole thing. Um, and I don't have COVID, but I was sick. And then... Um, this past week, the couple of things happened. <laughs> I, uh, threw, I did something to my neck and my shoulder and they've been, I don't know, what would you describe it as? It's been a pretty critical pain. <laughs> it's been not great. Um, you know how like a baby bird, when it's hungry, every like 30 seconds it goes, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> That's what living with Hannah has been like for the past two weeks. Every time I move, I yell in pain. Um... So it's been fun, and then also I had some family stuff where I had my uncle was in the hospital, and it was looking really, really bad for a minute, and he's doing okay now, we think, but for like a minute there, it was it was really bad, so I just wasn't yeah. really mentally in a good place to film the podcast, um, and also, I feel like because I do the main channel videos, those are always going to be my priority, you know, like the smoky glow is going to be, and I even getting those up this week has been like an intense struggle, so... <laughs> No. I feel like it just needed a little break on the podcast for a minute, but we're yeah. back. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy, we have some flowers. Because people will be watching us on Valentine's Day. Yeah, they will. And we're dressed like sweethearts. Are we? Yeah, I have the pastel yellow, you have the pink, or mm. sweethearts, or whatever it's called. I don't think they make those anymore, the sweethearts. Yes, they do. I'm not sure if they do, because the, this is totally random, obscure knowledge, but the company that made them which was called New England Confection Company, also known as the godlike creators of Nico Wafers. Oh, my God. Um, you love Nico Went out of business. Why? To, in 2019, they went out of business. And then in 2020, another brand, I don't know who it was, right. independently bought the rights to produce the Sweetheart Candies. And if you remember, I know it's hard to remember anything from 2020, but there was a they were all misprinted because the company rushed to produce them and they were all misprinted and screwed up and now i think they went out of business again the new company you can buy them right now okay maybe i'm wrong they're the sweet tarts no, no not, i don't think not, you're wrong i think another not brand sweet, not the sweet tart ones the chalk yeah yeah those i don't think they make them anymore oh interesting I bet another company has already started like ripping them off, though. Maybe. There's no way. There's such a market but I mean, for those. I can't imagine they were high on the production list for 2020. Well, <laughs> true, true. With everything else going on. So do you want to do some quick current event roundups? Or? I mean, yeah. What I mean, what the, the impeachment's happening. It is. Sort of. I, I'm going to be honest. I haven't really been watching it. I've been watching highlights. And that is just because I'm so mentally drained from elections and everything that happened with that of getting Trump out of office in the first place, that if he gets impeached, it'll be amazing. But I don't want to get my hopes up because I'm, what's going to happen is I'm going to watch that trial and I'm going to see all the evidence that they have. And I'm going to say, of course, he should be indicted. You know yeah. what I mean? And then they're not going to do it because the Republicans want him. They need him because he has such a strong following. And then I'm going to be disappointed yet again with our country. You have so. to watch it with a grain of salt. Exactly. And that grain of salt is the knowledge that 90% of Republican elected officials are traitors. Yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> you're right. And literally do not care about America. Yeah. Yeah, you're um, right. 
or Americans. Exactly. So I've just been watching highlights and keeping up on that aspect of it, but I'm definitely not trying to, like, you know, do too much. Where's Oliver? Is he just sleeping? I Let's do so. an Oliver update. Oliver also had a rough week. Oh, I know. Poor guy. I stepped Your on baby. his paw. The poor I felt horrible. I know. I felt so bad. I know. Because I've stepped on his paw before, and normally he's fine. But this time I turned around and he was holding it like, <laughs> and he let out this the sound that I literally wanted to like die. Like yeah. his, our dogs are truly like our children at this point. And yeah. with him being hurt, it was funny though. Stella, the second you stepped on him, Stella started barking at you immediately. Yeah, and like turned on you immediately. Instantly. Jumped to his defense. Yeah, she which really. Is good. It was sweet. It was but, really sweet. Yeah, so he he um, had a hurt paw. Yeah. So these, and he had to go to the vet, and they gave him some pain meds. They said it was just a soft tissue injury, and then he'd be okay. And he's doing better now. Yeah. I think he's milking it a little bit at this point. Charles thinks he's he's convinced he's faking it because whenever he wants a treat, he goes like this. He lifts up his paw. <laughs> but I don't think he has the yeah. mental understand. Maybe he does. So somehow these past two weeks, me, the one with an actual physical disability, has been the most able-bodied adult in the house. It's true. <laughs> Between Oliver not being able to walk and Hannah not being able to walk. Yeah. I just can't move is the problem. And Stella's getting her ovaries taken out on Tuesday. Yeah. So. Pop, pop quiz. What is the surgery called, Hannah? Spade. Ooh, you I got, got it, it right. I always confuse spade and neutering. Yeah. And somebody finally was like, neutering? Nuts. <laughs> They're like, N-N. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. So, so Charles is going to have his hands full this week. We've got yeah. a dog with a broken paw. It's not broken. broken but say that. It's just a little hurt. Me with a apparently broken rotator cuff. Do you want to quickly tell the story of what happened when you picked him up from the vet? Wait, <laughs> with the nurse with the nurse. Oh my god. I pick I already okay, I'm I'm so hurt. I'm already emotional about my uncle. I'm like emotional in general cuz I get depressed when I can't leave the house and like not move, you know. And I literally go to pick up Oliver from the vet, and the nurse, he comes out, and Oliver is not the type of dog that when he sees you, he, like, jumps up and down or, like, gets excited to see us. Us. Me and Charles. He does it with every other human. Every other human he gets excited, but he doesn't get excited to see us, and I think it's because we are his safe like comfort. I think he's just no loyalty. No, I disagree. I think somebody could pick him up, up off the street and take him no. home and he would be fine. Disagree. Because when he's at camp for too long or if he's at my parents' house for too long, he can't rest. He can't get comfortable. He like misses us. Like we're his comfort, you know? I understand Oliver. Me and him have a little bit of a bond. So I get him. So he's not always, he doesn't like jump up and down when he sees us. He never does. And the nurse, I brought, the nurse brought him out because how they do it at the vet for COVID is there's like a little vest, like a, they call it a vestibule but i don't know if that's the right word it's a hallway (laughs) basically there's two doors and you go in the one door the nurse lets him through the other door and he doesn't get excited each i just put him on the leash i'm about to leave and the nurse goes hmm that's weird why isn't he excited to see you (laughs) and my first instinct my first instinct was to cry but i was i made a joke i was like oh he has no loyalty and she was like sussing me like i was like he doesn't like or like i wasn't actually his owner or like i don't know what she was implying but finally i was like yeah this is just you know how he is like he's just not hyped to see us ever like he just is chill every time he sees us but I don't know. It made me cry. I got in the car and I was crying because I thought that she was implying that I was a bad dog mom and then I just couldn't emotionally take that. I feel like people would be very surprised to learn how emotional I am and how much I cry as a human being. I feel like I give off a very tough demeanor on the internet and I feel like people would be very shocked to learn how easily I cry. 
Yeah. I know. I <laughs> I, I know. I cry at, like, literally everything, I feel like. I think you probably cry most days <laughs> about something. About something. Yeah. And really, anything will set me off, though. Like, I saw a TikTok last night that was, what was it? I think there were a couple that made me cry last night. I don't remember. TikToks make me cry like a baby yeah. easily. But um, Let's see. What else do we got to do before we jump to it? Oh, uh, warning. We're going to talk about our weight loss journey. Oh, yeah. So if you... We're, we said we're going to... How we're going to do it. Because we got a lot of good feedback on the last podcast when we talked about weight loss. And a lot of people really enjoyed it because they felt like it was nice to see like normal people talking about weight loss not like already skinny people um and what but we also got some feedback that we need to put trigger warnings obviously because we're talking about things like calorie counting and dieting and that can be very triggering for people so how we decided to work around that is we're going to do a 10 minute timer and so if you don't want to hear the diet talk we're going to start the 10 minute timer and then as soon as so just skip ahead 10 minutes basically um because i know some of you don't watch this you just listen um and i can't exactly i'll put a time stamp on the screen obviously but if you're listening to this Skip ahead 10 minutes and the diet talk yeah. will be done. So do you want to put a 10-minute timer on and then we'll... Starting. 10 minutes. If you don't want to hear this, skip ahead 10 minutes. How How is your weight loss journey going? So I obviously had a blip this past couple weeks. I've been... I still am down. I'm down 10 pounds, which is really exciting. It's the size of a... Oh, what did they say? I think it was a watermelon. Size of maybe something like that. My apps size told me. of a 10-pound turkey. Me, yeah. Uh, it was kind of fun because when I hit that, they were like, imagine you um, were carrying around a watermelon with you all day and now that's gone. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, but I also accidentally one day, this is just funny. I accidentally put in my weight as like 178 because I just wasn't thinking. And it was like, oh, my God, you've lost the weight of six toaster ovens. <laughs> I was like, OK, wait, wait, wait. No, um, but I'm down 10 pounds. I hit a blip this past week. Or probably the past week, I think I've gotten pretty bad. Past two weeks has been been not great. But I think it's just because of everything going on. And we have plans to, like, get back into it. My thing has been, I'm just, I think the reason I'm still down right now is because even though I'm not eating great, I'm not eating very large portions. Like, I only really eat, like, half of the food that I actually end up getting. Where I feel like you're feeling the brunt more because you actually eat all of the food that you get. Yeah. Well, so I was down 12 pounds in the first two weeks so yes. I, and my goal is only to lose three pounds a week so I was doing good yeah and um, I, uh, I we didn't tell this part of the story but the night that Hannah sorry Stella. if you can hear Stella she's upset Grumbly. the night that Hannah the night before Hannah got COVID tested she had we, she had a fe- your fever was oh, like oh yeah. we didn't even tell this part yeah you're, you're I a, had a fever of like 100 it got up, up almost to 102 which I honestly still don't know what that was about because the next day your fever was down. Yeah. So it peaked one night and then it was high the next morning and then it went down the afternoon. But I was like, oh, I got to go check my temperature. So yeah. I grabbed the thermometer. I went to go wash it in the bathroom. And Hannah had, unbeknownst to me, our bathroom is very small and I'm a very big person. It's already hard for me to move around in there. Oh, but it had put like supplies to organize our little bathroom closet on yeah. the floor. And I stepped on it. And I stepped on it so hard. That I, I they had weren't a, like in the. I want to defend myself because they weren't like in the middle of the floor. They were like 
off to the side, but because of where you were going, it yeah. was a problem. Like, no, they were out of your normal path right. but because you were taking a different and path. And I stepped on it so hard that I had, like, a puncture wound in my foot. Yeah. And then, because I stepped on it, I was like, ah, and I lurched forward, and I put my hand through our bathroom window yeah. and broke the bathroom window. Completely broke it. So that was that was, that was was fun. But so And I also was having a panic attack because I thought I had COVID. Yeah. So we were both having a so, rough time. So there was, like, I, I, I my foot still kind of hurts. It's pretty much healed now. But I didn't work out for a week because, like, I had a hole in my foot. It was literally like a stab wound. Well, and you had cuts all over your hands. Yeah, and- because it was like a – and then because it was like a puncture wound, that I had a bruise all over the whole bottom of my foot. Yeah. So I didn't work out for, like, a week. And then this past week, I've kind of been, like, helping Hannah with stuff. Yeah, because I've been injured. So, like, it's, I haven't really had time to work out. Because I've been taking care, I've been doing pretty much everything around the house. The not working out thing has been really annoying for me because yeah. I was in such a good rhythm of doing it. And I Same. was, we were both like, we were in such a good rhythm. We were going for it. And then it felt like we just got a little bit of a setback. Yeah. But I think it's important to know because we're on this like journey as like a life thing. It's not necessarily just supposed to be right. like, oh, we want to lose weight as fast as possible. So I feel like for us, it's very nice to know that like, okay, we had a bad week. We had another bad week. We can still this week like get back on track in some way so i I was down 12 pounds in the first two weeks and then after when i stopped working out i went up to uh i gained back six pounds so at the beginning of this week i was only down six pounds which was still pretty much on goal and now i just weighed myself before we did this i'm down eight pounds so that's good so i'm i'm about four pounds behind where i would like to be because this is the end of the fourth week of us dying and exercising but I've still been tracking my calories. I've still been tracking, you know, all that. And I've only gone over my my calorie budget yeah. twice. And both times it was because, well, it, the first 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 time was the day we heard about your uncle. Yeah. So we kind of, we like cheat. ordered Taco cheat. Bell. Yeah, it was a cheat. And then the second time, I don't remember what it was, but we also ordered Taco Bell. I think you bring up a really good point, though, because really for us, our biggest hurdle in all of this is the emotional eating thing. Yeah. Because I wouldn't say that we have, like, an unhealthy relationship with food in the sense that we, like, binge and purge or anything like that. Oh, I don't... No, it's not like that, but we have an unhealthy relationship with food and that we use it as a coping mechanism when we're sad. Yes. And I think that that's a really big issue and something that like I think is almost people don't really talk about it because it's kind of embarrassing to say that but it's the truth like when bad things happen to us or when we're very stressed we just want to eat something that's going to make us feel like better you know see for me I think I for me I think it's not necessarily like oh I feel sad I got to eat Taco Bell it's like I am stressed and I don't want to cook yeah so I just order food and, like, if it gets to 8.30 and we don't make dinner, then the only thing open is fast food. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? See, I'm much, I'm a little bit more emotional about it. Like, I'm like, oh, I just want yeah. to eat Chipotle because I know that it's going to make I me don't feel know, better. But I don't really get sad. That's true. So I, I just get angry. <laughs> What's that like? You want to talk about what that feels <laughs> uh, like? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, and also we haven't really been cooking. We've been ordering a lot of food. Um, but, uh, yeah. Kind of like what I said, I feel like it's important to note that, like, you can have I, I, the thing about weight loss that sometimes we get down about is we're like, oh, we might like what's we give up, you know what I mean? Where it's like now it's like okay, we had our two bad weeks, now we need to turn it around and yeah. like get back into this and like keep pushing forward, even though you've had a couple bad weeks, you know? Yeah, I also think it's a lot harder to eat healthy when you order food than yes. when you cook food. Absolutely, just because it's like 
I mean, we live in an area where there's a pretty decent amount of restaurants. And I mean, if you're ordering food four nights a week, like you're still going to get, you're still going to get bored of it. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? You can't eat Panera or Core Life every night. You yeah. know what I'm saying? No, completely agree. So I think that's part of the problem. I did find a local lunch cafe oh, though so that is so good. It's so good. And it's called really the Acorn, help- Acorn Exchange. Yes. They and, have really um, healthy options too. We haven't really been cooking. You know, we're we're running low on our groceries. We got to restock. So we, um, I haven't been cooking too too much. It's mostly been like fast food, not fast food, but like th- that that Acorn Exchange and like Panera. Panera and Core Life and stuff. And I think the problem with that is, it just adds like when you're cooking. You know what I mean? I can go light on the oil. I can go light. I can avoid yes. carbs. Yes. But when you're eating out, it's harder to do those things unless you're like willing to eat the same meal every single night. I agree. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. No, but. I agree. What has been the one thing before we wrap up? Because we have about a minute left. What has been the one thing that has been like the weirdest to adjust to with this whole situation though? With, like weight loss and everything. What's your one thing? I, like your peak and your pit, if, I guess. If I don't work out, as soon as I'm done with work, I don't have time to do it for the go. night. Yep. Without, like, I just don't have time. Yep. Because like I, so for example, I, my day doesn't end till 3.30 at the earliest. So after that, I, if I, God forbid, lay down for a nap or we have something we have to do. Yeah. Then it's hit. Then all of a sudden it's six o'clock and I have to cook. Yeah. And we, I, you know, I cook. We eat dinner. Then all of a sudden it's eight o'clock. Yeah. And then I have to go to. I go to bed at eight thirty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like if I and plus it's harder for me to work out at night because my nerves start acting up at night because yeah. my nerve disease. But uh, I'm struggling yeah. with that too of like timing of when to work out because. I have to watch the dogs during the day while you're at work or they yeah. lose their minds. And then, <laughs> and yeah. I like to be down here. And also I usually edit while you're working. And so finding time. And then I film when you're done working because that's when you can. So finding the time has been a yeah. little bit difficult. All right. So that is the end of our weight loss journey progress update. Yep. Now there's one. one can we talk about one, what, what's our topic for the day? Our topic for the day is going to be Valentine's uh, Day. Valentine's Day. So basically, we asked you guys to ask us questions about our relationship and also maybe some relationship. Not that we're the most like we're not trying to say we're like qualified to give relationship advice, but we have been in a successful relationship for almost five years. So yeah, I feel like we could give some advice. But before that, I remembered the other night that we ordered Taco Bell. By the way, it was the night of the board meeting. Oh, you want to talk, talk about? Can it? we talk about my school district? is an unnamed school district somewhere in the world. Um, And uh, it is deciding that we are going to reopen. We are reopening, okay? Which... Cheers, Stella. She's like, no! No, Daddy, don't leave me. Don't go back. Uh, Which, hey, reopening. I am all for reopening. I think we should reopen. Yeah. Kids need to be back in schools. Agreed. The problem is that our district is one of the lowest performing districts not not in not in the the, the state or or in the county in the country yes we are one of the the poorest districts in the country yes we are one of the most segregated districts in the country yes okay and we are not besides the population being below the poverty line the school itself is struggling because there was a large deficit Yes. discovered two years ago 
that the the previous previous because we've been through three superintendents now, the previous previous superintendent somehow lost like a, a very very large amount of money. Okay, and we think embezzled, but yeah. that's my conspiracy. So so they lost that money. So we are struggling as a district. Like yeah. we we last year they laid off like four percent of the teachers across the district. Yeah, and they were planning this year before COVID to lay off another. 10% across the board in every subject. Yeah. So we're Igno- struggling. By the way, ignore Stella. She's just whining. She's yeah. fine. <laughs> so that that is happening. Now, yes. here, here's the problem. Here's where it gets crazy, okay, is we are just not ready to reopen. We're not ready to reopen. We have no reopening plan. Well, maybe I should start from the beginning, from like the December stuff. So in December, right oh, before yeah. right before holiday break, the um, superintendent held this big press conference, talked about it, and was like, hey, we are not going back to the end of the year. Yes. Somehow, before the end of winter break, she changed her mind without talking to teachers, Which- without talking to the union, and the union actually found out that she was planning, still planning to go back through a local newspaper article. There you go. <laughs> so needless to say, that was upsetting to everybody. Okay. But we are opening, reopening in uh, portions. First of all, the district did a survey, and the union did a survey, and so did the, the, the it was the district survey, and but the union got the results as well. And like seventy percent of parents said that they didn't want to go back. Eighty percent of teachers said they didn't want to go back. And it, here's the thing: is I'm not. It's not that I don't want to go back because I understand that kids like kids are not learning the same. They're not. It's just they're not. Yeah. And I get it's frustrating for parents, but like the conditions that we're, it is just not safe for teachers to go in, in my district. It is not safe. It is not safe. And um, so they held, held this whole big board meeting, which was like a whole, I won't talk too much about that, but I have strong opinions about it. We both do. Yeah. But it was like they invited people to talk, but they let all of the parents and students talk first. It, it just seemed very staged, and the teachers weren't allowed to talk until like eleven o'clock at night. It was very staged. It was very, very much a PR move, and and um, the kids were like reading off of scripts. Yeah, like the children they had talk were literally looking yeah. at their. The down. first kid to read was like, uh, I Hello. think he was like ten. <laughs> My he, name is blank. Yeah, and he was like the blank and blank teachers union is keeping me from going back to yeah. school, and it's like. This kid's in te- is ten. He doesn't yeah. know what a union is. It was very much the the rhetoric around it was the teachers are the bad guys, yeah. and that was the rhetoric that your district was trying. Well, your board that the union is the bad guys. Yeah, the union is the bad guys, and in turn, the teachers are the bad guys, and that parents should be blaming the teachers for not going right. back. When in reality, it's the board and the superintendent who came up with this horrible plan that should be the ones getting the blame. And one of their whole taglines was. Well, all the suburban districts around us are back. And that's true. Most of them are back. But the difference is those schools organize things in such a way such that students who wanted to stay high or wanted to stay fully remote were able to do so and that teachers are not teaching in person and at home students at the same time. They split classrooms and reorganize things so there was teachers doing remote classes and there was teachers doing in person classes. That's not what my district is doing. Yeah. 
they are making it so that every teacher has to teach both their in-person students and their students on Zoom at the same time. Yes. Which is literally two jobs. And also on top of that, the safety is a huge issue. Like at, at those other districts all students are required to wear masks. They're getting yeah. actually clean during the day. There's yeah. protocols put into place that to protect teachers and students. And that's not how ha- they did. They told you that you're, you don't have any reusable masks at your disposal. Yeah. And they also told you that your students don't have to wear a mask unless they're talking. That well, is the only time they have to wear a mask. Supposedly that's changed now, but we'll see how it's enforced. But they, won't they have be no enforced. plan to enforce it. They can't enforce and it. Also like, they don't have enough face shields for everybody. They don't have... Oh, yeah. They go face shields are first come, first serve for yeah. teachers. You're trying to... This is my problem. I know... I, I, I get very heated about this because obviously I'm with you, but it makes me angry. Number one, how already disrespected teachers are in our country in the yeah. sense that they don't make enough money, grotesquely underpaid, grotesquely underfunded, like... It's, there's already so much disrespect, but then to also look at you guys and say that you should go and potentially die just so your yeah. students can be in the classroom, but they're not going to do anything to protect you guys. It's just too, it's too far. Yeah. And the other, there's so many other logistical problems that have just not even been addressed, like yeah. subs. What yeah. about subs? A local, a school district near us, it's like 45 minutes away from us, literally had to close their doors yesterday because they had so many teachers out that they just didn't have enough people to cover the building. Well, and also sick And that was, that was a school that only had, you know, this is a smaller school. The district that I'm in has over 3,000 teachers. Yeah. How are we going to get subs? There's no way. I mean, even if, you know, 200 teachers are out in a day, like... We don't have the subs for that. Right. Well, also, There's... teachers are only given a certain amount of sick days. And if you are exposed to somebody who has it, COVID or you have any of the symptoms, you're supposed to be quarantining, especially with the way tests are. Like, most tests you get back in, like, five days at this point. Yeah. So you're supposed to waste all your sick days? And you, well, like, how is that supposed to again, work? again, that's something we don't have clear information That's about. what I'm saying. We like, don't know how that's supposed to work. You have no idea how that's supposed to work. And so, basically... The, the the portion two, I'm in portion three, so I don't have to go back until after spring break. But the portion two of teachers are going back, um, uh, well, they're already back. And now all these news stories are coming out about like, oh, technology isn't working. How about this? There, no building in the in my district right now has cafeteria staff yeah. hired so because they laid them all off. So we have not a single building has cafeteria staff. So the kids for lunches, and keep in mind, we're a, a, a Title I. Most of our schools are Title I. Most of our schools, every school is below the below poverty, the poverty yeah. line. Um, something like 85% of our students are, are below the poverty line. And a, a lot of them, this is the only meals they get all day. Yeah. Their lunch that they're being served, which they're being served by teachers, by yep. the way. Teachers have to do In that In the job classroom. Too. Is one cheese stick, one Slim Jim, a bag of Cheez-Its, and an apple. And that's it. Are you joking? No, that's it. Wait, I didn't know that. Yeah. And. Oh, see, yeah. now I'm going to cry. Because yeah. that breaks my. I've worked in this school district, not at his school, but I've worked in this school district for my internships. And I those kids are some of the, like. 
some to, of, to most, think about some of them, them, a large portion of them, that's the only meal that they to, get. To for think the day. about those kids that I worked with, that's what they're getting, makes me like want to just cry. That's right. They were getting better when they were out of school and well, they had right, people delivering because, meals to them. Exactly. Because yeah. they had community, the school, the district was funding lunch programs where parents could request lunches, and now that's gone because yeah. kids are back in school, which is crazy. And also, there's all these technological problems. Like, on one of our PD, PDs, they were like, literally, it was, I, I felt bad for the guy presenting in, in the, the professional development because he was the, clearly the messenger, but they had an open YouTube chat going, unmoderated, <laughs> and there was 3,000 angry teachers in there, and, it, and that, he was, that guy was getting bombarded. It was spicy. But it was a spicy chat. He was, he, they were like, yeah, we don't have the, the required tech. You can request it from the tech center, but you're probably you're not going to get buy, it. He was like... We're not recommending that you could you buy your own stuff, but if you are going to buy your own technology, this, this is, is what, what you buy. should buy. Yeah, but like, it's especially as a special ed teacher, like I have a hearing impaired student, okay, and it's in a class with me and a TA. I have to wear two different mic packs, somehow connect both of them to the computer, and if my TA wants to be heard, she also has to wear two different mic packs because we have students in the classroom who are hearing impaired and students at home who are hearing impaired. Mm -hmm. So I have to wear my overhead classroom mic set and a Bluetooth mic that com connects to the computer, and my TA has to do the same thing. There's, we don't have that technology. No. You don't we even don't have that have, many mics. <laughs> like Last year, when we weren't in this pandemic, yeah. I, I had one mic for my classroom. Yeah. My TA couldn't have one. So it's just like, uh, it's just crazy. It's, it's a crazy. disservice. I think the thing that's frustrating was listening to a lot of the parents talk, which I know that it was like cherry picked they cherry picked the people that wanted yeah. to come back but listening to the parents talk and basically being like it, it's saying it was an injustice that their kids couldn't go back when they've been so grotesquely misinformed by the school board right. on the actual injustice I, of it which I, is that their children are not getting the adequate education right if they do come back this makes no difference and i just want to be clear like i understand parents frustrations because oh, yeah. parents are affected too 100 percent. but you know it's not teachers' jobs to die no. to alleviate that stress. That some, no. I don't know that, that that responsibility is not pushed onto the teachers. It should be pushed onto local government or big government to provide stimulus so that parents can stay home. Stay home and but whatever. I That's think a, a bigger. Issue. Well, I think a bigger topic, and this could be a whole podcast, but I think this is important. Is that there's definitely in teacher culture, just from what I've seen, and even what I see online, and what I see in your communities, there's this teacher culture of. It's almost like because you're so underpaid, because you have to get such a high level of education to do what you do, because of all those, there's this culture of like, we do it for the kids and the kids alone. Toxic positive. Yes, it's toxic where they're like, we are a family. We are going to, we save these children. They, you almost have to like force yourself to believe that it, your life is worthless if you're not like helping the kids. Right. And I don't think that's uh, just pay teachers more and like don't well, put them in life-threatening situations. I'm just confused. Here's the thing. Is that is a, that is part of our job is to care, you know, oh, put course. the kids first. But like if I die from COVID, I can't put any kids exactly. first. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yes. And like I spent pro easily over $500 on my classroom last year. More. More. And so it's like I am putting students first. Yeah. I am. But in order to do that, you have to be healthy and alive. Even with this Zoom setup you have. I mean, how much have you spent on, like, the camera? You had to get a different desk so you had enough room to, like, do everything yeah. you needed to do. Like, even just working from home setup, 
if we didn't have YouTube money coming in as a support, it would be an incredible challenge for you to be able to fund your classroom. Right. And that's ridiculous. I think parents have been, at least in our district, have been misled. I agree. Because this is not a return to school. This is, your kid is still going to be on Zoom because we only have one copier in the building and it's not sanitized. Mm -hmm. So nobody's using the copier and printing out paper. They're going to be doing the exact same work that they're doing. Just in the building. They're just going to be doing it in the building. Yeah. And exposing teachers and parents to risk. And so, and and our district stopped COVID testing, even though the state's paying for yeah. it, and all the districts around us are COVID testing. Well, and you're so. also we're not even taking into consideration like a family. Like you have a uncle who works in the dis- your district, yeah. and he lives with his like ninety year old mother. Yeah, and so he's like, I don't know how to go back to work and not yeah. put her at risk. Like you yeah. live with me. Like people live with people who are at risk. Yeah, it's- I think this is just a class, and this will be the last thing I'll say on it because I'm sure people are tired of hearing about this. But I don't think people I think, are. I think it's an interesting topic. I think it's a classic case of people being like, well, the kids will be fine. Yeah. Because realistically, the kids, be. most of the kids are going to be fine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Although, I mean, our district is predominantly African-American and it has the highest rate of special education students and students with severe health needs in the district. Both of those are like at risk, at risk populations. Yep. But I mean, in general, the kids are mostly going to be okay because it doesn't affect them. But their families and teachers... Or not. Or not even put into the equation. No. So, I don't know. That's, do you want to talk about what you're planning on doing? or do you Yeah, I'll talk that? about it. So, I I filed for a, because uh, some of you know, if you've been watching our Hannah's channel for a while, or the podcast for a while, I have a neurological disease called CIDP, where to break it down, in, in the two-sentence version is my uh, my immune system attacks my nervous system and it weakens my nerves. But because of that... I have an, a, a, a compromised immune system because my immune system isn't working functionally. And the way isn't functioning properly. Yeah. And I also take the tr- big treatment for it is just to slow down your immune system so that process happens slower. So I take medicine that's specifically designed to slow down my immune system. So I'm immunocompromised. And I'm also overweight. So I'm, I'm in that risk factor mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I filed for a... Uh, accommodation to stay uh to remain completely online yes and with me i only had uh like most of my day is co-teaching so i only have two classes that are that are i'm the solo teacher well actually only one because one has a ta and that one class only has three kids coming back out of 12 yeah so it's not if i stay online it's not going to profoundly affect my kids and for the co-teaching classes, it'll actually be better for yeah. me and my teacher and the kids because we can have one teacher focus on the kids in the classroom and, and I can focus on the kids in the Zoom. Yes. So, but I filed for a, an accommodation to stay uh, totally remote until I'm vaccinated. And uh, if if they don't accept it, I'm going to go on medical leave. You know, so I mean that would suck, and I would feel like I'm letting well, my kids down. But and medical leave is unpaid, so yeah. you're taking the pay, paycheck so cut. And I would feel kind. I would feel bad because I've been with the same kids for two years, yeah. so I would feel like I'm letting my kids down. But at the end of the day, I mean, if I die, like I can't help them graduate anyways. Yeah. So I don't know that. It's a hard decision, but it is what it is. I think it's best for everybody. Well, it's also hard because you're not tenured, so right. the possibility of 
not only that, but I'm not even professionally certified yet. No. I, I have my uh, uh, initial cert- certification in math and special ed, but in my state to get professionally certified, you have to teach for three years and complete a master's degree, uh, which I've done. I've completed the master's degree. I've taken all the tests. But the problem is I even right – well, right now I have one full year of experience because – I started last year as a per diem sub because, which that's it's a whole, a whole story. <laughs> but I was a per diem sub for the first two months because there was issues with signing my contract. So if I go on medical leave, I don't know how that's going to even affect my certification. Yeah, but I don't know. It's a it's a lot of stress and a lot of complications. But I think it's good to. I think it's the reason I think it's interesting to hear from your perspective is because I think this is a very heavily debated topic right now about going yeah. back to school. And I think it's good to hear like a teacher's perspective yeah. on what's Honestly, going on. Honestly, I feel like everybody is right except for central office. The teachers are right. The parents honestly are yeah, right. They're right. They the want students their kids back. are right. It's the, the it's just a fumble by central office. You want to get into our let, let's yeah. get into happier topics for this Valentine's I know. Day. It was, I'm glad you talked. That about was nice that, to vent, though. I will say that I, I could see that it was very therapeutic for you. So I'm very happy to that you got that off your chest because yeah. I know it's been a big source of stress for kind of both of us. But I mean, it's mostly I'm just stressed because I don't want you to have to leave a job that I know you love. Yeah, I really That's do what love makes me school, sad. Is so. like I I know how much you love your job and I know how much you love your kids and to know that you might have to do something where you can I don't know. It just makes me sad. Um okay. So, let's see. We're well, basically I asked you guys on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram glow underscore smoky if you want to partake in these Q and A's. We do a lot of these for the podcast. Yeah, I don't um, have an Instagram. Well, you do, but it's private. <laughs> we, that's the one we keep private. Um, okay, the first one. How do you make up after a fight? Uh, I mean, usually we just stay away from each other yeah. for like if we separate, two hours. If we separate for a couple hours. Fine. Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. Also, we usually don't end our fights in an unresolved way. There's always a resolution to our fights, whether you like that or not. (laughs) As much as it physically pains me. Yeah, there's always some type of like, we're going to do this to fix the problem in the end. That's the biggest advice I have. If you leave too many fights unresolved, it's easy to just be like, oh, we've spent a couple hours apart. We're fine now. But then the same issue is going to come up over and over and over again. So I feel like resolving the issues. Um, How have you coped being in quarantine together? Poorly. Poorly. It's not gone well for us. Yeah. It's hard. It's really I hard. I think the, the biggest problem that we have is Hannah – how do I want to put this? <laughs> I promise I won't we get mad. We just fought about this I two days ago. We did uh, just fight about this, yeah. Hannah we did is, have a fight. Hannah needs much more interaction with me than I need with Hannah. You're – you are perfect – and this is not a bad thing. This is just how you are. You are content – to like just exist around me but not actually yeah. talk to me for years you can do that <laughs> and just play video games and just like like you don't really need conversation with me to feel like we're together just being near me is fine for you yeah yeah and i'm not like that i like to have conversations and i like to do things and i think and i think it you're right and i think it's been tough in quarantine because really the only activity that we can like do together yeah. is like watch tv yeah. and watch movies there's nothing else and really. we don't really have very similar tastes in movies and tv most of the time yeah well it has to be the right show yeah. we can't just watch anything and like both vibe with it it's like we got we're a little so i think a big issue too is and you brought this up last the other night when we were having this like kind of fight about this is 
my my only hobby for a very long time was YouTube. Um, and now YouTube has very much become a job for me. Like, it's yeah. not really a hobby anymore. It's my work. Like, it's what I do every day. It's how I make my income. Mm-hmm. Like, it's my job. And I think having that where now we're in quarantine together and I can't leave the house. I can't go see my friends. We can't go to movies. We can't do the normal date night stuff we would do. And I don't have, you have hobbies that are outside of your job. Like, you play yeah. video games. You, you know, do what you do. Watch play board games tonight. Play board games. Yeah. Like, I don't really have that outside of my job. And so I think it's been really, really tough for me to adjust to not having the release yeah. of, like, going on a date night or hanging out with my friend. Not even just with you. Like, going out with my friends is a huge thing that I used to do, too. And I... I think part of the problem is too, and honestly, this is on me. I have very narcissistic tendencies <laughs> where, like, I feel like I've gone through this is like, you want to get real for a second. Oh, I've gone through so much shit in my life that, like, I just feel like I, at the end of the day, I feel like now that I've done everything that I need to do in my life, like, I'm owed happiness. Yeah. By, by myself and sort of by the universe. Yes. You know what I mean? I so, it. like, I, at the end of a work day, I don't want to, like, sit down and, and compromise my very limited time to do something I, I don't want to do, which, like, watch reality TV or I, stuff I like never that. make you watch reality TV, though. No, so I, know, I don't know. But, I mean, you know what I mean. No, I get it. Like watch and like Bridgerton or that. You know. It's something I I got to work on because yeah. in before quarantine that wasn't really a problem because we, we could, could just, just do our own things and on the weekends we could hang out and go yes, do stuff exactly. But now we can't do stuff, so the only time that we see each other, well, like we see each other twenty four seven. We literally the only, in the same room. The, all only, day. the only time that we like have date night is if I like do that. If I'm like okay, I'm gonna do something I don't like, and it's hard for me to do. It is yeah. hard for me to do. So I. We're working on it. Yeah. You're getting, <laughs> we'll, you're getting we'll update you. I think even even though, even like, I thought the podcast was going to be that. Like, I thought the podcast was going to turn into, like, a date night almost because we could sit down and talk. The podcast, honestly, is just very stressful at times. And it's turned into a little bit more of, like, work I than I thought it would. but I don't well, edit it. So. he doesn't do, he doesn't do, he I just can show up talk. and look pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so, for me, the podcast has now almost turned into... This sort of, you know, it, I, I basically, the other problem that he's very right about what he needs to fix, but what I need to do is find a hobby outside <laughs> of, like, YouTube, you know, because it's yeah. hard. I, I, It's hard, too, because the house is so small. So, like, my hobbies yeah. include, like, painting. I feel like people don't get how small our house no. really is. I, I like to, like, play piano and, like, paint, and that's how I, those are things I used to do, but because our house is such limited in space, there's just not a way to do that and so it's really for me i have to find a hobby or something that i like doing that includes and it's definitely worse in the winter too. oh so much worse because i can't go outside in the summer we could like go outside and just like eat lunch together yeah but now like our dining room table is our filming setup yep so like most nights i eat at my desk and hannah eats at like a tray table yeah couch yeah (laughs) basically i think I think it's not like affecting our relationship to the point where we're like, oh my God. But it's also at the same time, I think once we have a little bit more space and I think once the winter's over, I think it's going to be a lot better. But right now we're definitely in a little bit of a rough, like trying to navigate that. It's hard though. I think quarantine's been hard on everyone. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. Where was your pre-COVID night or date night go-to spot? Well, I think we had different ones. Yeah. For me, it was this restaurant, little restaurant called Aladdin's. Yep. Uh, you love Aladdin's. It's right on the canal, and they serve, like, it's Mediterranean food. So good. I get this thing there called the Mixed Grill. It's so freaking good. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> but I think Kiana's would be sushi. Yeah, mine would be Osaka's. It's yeah. this place. I love going there. We usually would go out to eat. That was our... This, this sushi place... I, when I was, a, it's, it's an unlimited sushi buffet. So it, it sounds gross, the but it's sushi, not gross. The sushi is not the best sushi on the planet, but no. for the price, it's amazing. Yeah. Like, it's so good. It's not, and it's not like a, a buffet in the sense where stuff is like sitting out. They mm-hmm. make everything to order, but you can, you pay one price and you order as much as you want. Yeah. When I was like, like five years ago, I could put down yeah. food. <laughs> like I could, I could like eat like 20 sushi rolls. Yeah. And other appetizers, no problem. Yeah. Like, no problem. Yeah. And uh, this place recently, the quality has just really gone downhill. It doesn't hit the same. Yeah. And I can't eat as much. So it's, I don't really like going there as much because it's like, okay, we're going to pay $30 a head to eat like five items and not even really like half of them. Yeah. But I don't know. I would agree with that. Do you think you can rebuild a relationship after someone is unfaithful? We have different perspectives. Personally, no. Yeah. I don't. You don't. I personally think that it can be possible, but I know that you don't think that it's possible. I don't think so. No. I, 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 there is just no, I, I feel like the basic necessity for being in a relationship is like, don't fuck other people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? No, I get it. And if you can't even manage to do that, then you're not a person who's worthy of my time. Yeah. No, I get that. I respect your opinion because I think it's very different for other people. I just also think that if you're married to somebody for like 30 years and like I, I think it gets a little bit more complicated in those situations. Like if you're just dating somebody for a few know. months and they're cheating on you, like no, I don't think that's repairable. But I think if you're married to somebody for a very long time and there's like a complicated situation, I, I just think it's wrong to write off all situations where that occurs because I think there's so many mm, different facets you know, that go into I just, it. I just... I, no, I know. I know how you feel because every time we watch a movie this or a TV show, he could love a character more than anything else. And the second they do adultery or infant, like anything like that, he hates them, like vehemently hates yeah. that person now. And honestly, I see it as more complicated, I think. I don't even, I have no experience with that, like in my past. No, like, I know. I've never been cheated on or cheated on anybody. I don't, my, it's not like I had any issues with my family or anything. Yeah. That I know of. It's just uh, <laughs> I. Uh, I just it really rubs me the wrong way. No, I, get I, it. I just feel like I don't know. I don't know. You're very. You. This is where I think our thinking, our ways of thinking, come out because a lot of ways, the ways Charles is very like black and white about a lot of things, and I have a lot of like gray area in my brain. Like for me, but I could see. I will say though, I think I'm able to self reflect on it. And I think part of the reason that I feel that way is just because I don't, I think a big part of a lot of adultery, especially in long-term like marriages, is people feel like a need for companionship mm-hmm. and like closeness to another person. So if they're not getting that at home, they go someplace else. I don't have that need in my body. <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> like I just, I don't. So I think it's hard for me to understand, yeah. tr- to truly grasp it because like, I mean, I love Hannah, obviously, and, like, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to be without her. But, like, if Hannah went away for, like, two weeks, I, I mean... You wouldn't immediately I be would, like, gotta go get some, or, like, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I would be, like, I could survive. Yeah. Just because, I don't know. Uh, this is an easy one, but how long have you been together? Almost five years. Yeah, coming up on five years. Actually, the day that you guys are watching this, Valentine's Day, will be the one year since Charles proposed. It's true. So that's very cute, yeah. cute little you're, moment. You're almost, you're almost tied for the high score. Okay. Because <laughs> my longest relationship was the one 
before Hannah. There and it was six. just about six years. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, how did you know it was meant to be? Charles can't answer this question, so. What do you mean? I just feel like you can't answer this question. Yeah. I've asked you before. I've been like, when did you know you were going to propose to me? And you're like, eh, I don't know. I just figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I I was happy, and Hannah tricked me into thinking she was relatively low maintenance. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, I didn't. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, No, I don't know. I just... I just knew how to play my cards in the beginning. Because we had kind of an interesting start in our relationship. Do you want to tell that story or no? Should we not tell it? If you want to. Where you were, we, we, he, this was totally fine, by the way. We were very casually, like, seeing each other. Like, Keep we were I was coming out of a six-year relationship. Yeah. So. He was, he was, like, a couple years out of a really long relationship, and he really wasn't looking to settle down super fast. And we were just kind of casually seeing each other. Like, I, we weren't, like, dating. There was no sort of, um... Like, you know, what's it called? Where you're like, oh, exclusivity. There's no exclusivity. Like, he was very open with me that he was seeing other people as well. And I was also, I think I was seeing one other person too. So, like, we were both, like, seeing other people too. But we had this, like, really strong connection where he would just come over and we would hang out for hours. And we would just, like, talk and watch movies. And, like, we really, really bonded. And it got to a point about, like, I think a month into us talking. I think that's the word the kids use. (laughs) Talking. (laughs) A month into, ooh, a month into talking... It was pretty evident to both of us that it was going to become, like, more serious. But at the time, he also had been talking to this other girl that he had been with for... He'd been talking to you for, like, a year. You only had a couple dates with her. Like, a year and a half. Yeah, you'd only had a few dates, but you'd been talking to her for, like, a really long time. And before you met me, she was the one that you thought you were going to maybe make a more serious move with because you'd been talking for so long. And so he told me about this. And he was like, I really like you. I want to be with you. But I just feel bad because I've been talking to this other girl. And you're kind of a kind of a player. <laughs> but no. So I was like, uh, for me, I was like, okay, I could do one of two things here. Because I really liked you. I was like, I could freak out and be mad at you for, you know, liking this other girl and not. But I also realized, like, I could just let it play out how it was going to play out. Because you had to... Like, figure out what you were... It was up to you. Yeah. And, like, I feel like that makes me sound kind of bad. But, like, I was always open and upfront. No. He never lied to me or, like, kept it a secret. The issue was I had been talking to this girl for, like, over a year, like a year and a half. Yeah. And I I did really like her. And we had had been going... We'd gone on, like, a handful of dates or whatever. The problem was she was, like, always busy. You know what I mean? And it was... It was, like, she was always busy and it... It got to a point where, like, we hadn't seen each other in, like, a couple months, I think. And it was like, well, I felt, I almost felt, but we had, like, had plans for, like, another date. And I was like, I almost feel like I owe myself one one more date because I had put so, invested so much time in that. And things were good with you, but things were also, like, good with her. And we'd known each other a lot less time. We'd only known each other for, like, a month. So... So, but I mean, at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? It's not worth waiting around for the person who like keeps. And here's the thing: is as far I mean, it seemed like legitimate reasons that our dates kept getting postponed. Yeah, I, I kept postponing them. So it was like I, I don't know. It, it was it was like it's why why am I? What I finally realized is like why am I waiting around for like this one person who like we can't even whether it be you know she's 
just slowly ghosting me and ta- still talking to me every day. Yeah. <laughs> or like there's legitimate issues. Like why why am I making time for this one person who like can't make time for me when like Hannah is here every day? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and was like, like making, making an effort for me. So I I ended up making my decision, but. Well, but I think too, like my, I I knew in that moment that it, it would either be yeah. if I acted too possessive of something like you when you weren't even really mine yet. Yeah. I knew that that would be off putting. And also, I truly, truly felt like if you were gonna like this, why would I want to be in a relationship with you if you were still thinking yeah. about this other girl that you didn't have closure with? So for yeah. me, it was an easy decision. But now Charles is always like. You were such a cool girl. You're so chill. And I was like, well, yeah, I was chill about that one yeah. thing because I don't care about that stuff. But, like, you know, I'm a little high strung in other ways. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say something else, but I totally lost my train of thoughts. Oh, I was. that's what I was going to say is – and, like, I had to send this really, like, awkward text to that to that girl. <laughs> and I felt bad because the day I sent it, she was, like, at dinner with her parents. And I didn't know she that. She seemed really nice, though. She was very she was nice really about nice. it. What I think I think the only text I got back was okay that's a, or it was like okay that's fine yeah and that was it she was I nice never though. talked to her again yeah but she wasn't so. like she could have been like rude about it but she was very nice she seemed fine to your credit you were very 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 upfront about everything like from the get yeah like even from our first date you were very much like yep I don't really know if I want anything serious I kind of just want you know to hang out and I was like yep get it like that's fine. So that was kind of how we were. Yeah, that worked out. It did work out. I think everything. Thanks, Tinder. <laughs> Sponsor the podcast. Um, how do this is an interesting question? How do you do money joint account? Who manages the bills? Well, we're completely revamping that. Yeah. Soon. So, how we did? We each uh, until we moved into this house, we each just did our own mo- our money like independently. Separately. Yeah. But now, since we moved into the house, we've kind of, we don't have joint accounts yet. We're going to eventually once we get married. But we uh, have just kind of jointly, pretty much, I manage the finances and Hannah pays for them. <laughs> he tells me what account to put what in, and then yeah. I do it, and then I, we're good. I am, as a math teacher, you may not suspect this, uh, finances. Yeah. <laughs> Down to the percent. Yeah. Is very, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like I am very budget oriented. I have spreadsheets. I have like everything. So it's interesting now because I don't think it would be so difficult if my money wasn't coming from so many different sources. Yeah. And also with YouTube, you have to take out your own taxes. Yeah. So we've had to kind of revamp how we do things. So I make sure I take out enough for yeah. taxes. I'm making sure I'm taking out enough for investments. I'm making sure I'm doing this. Like, right. And there's we like- learned a big lesson last year because you went in like two months like around Glomus, you got a big spike of of AdSense. Yeah. So it was like we didn't think you were going to have to pay taxes on on, Glo- on YouTube well, last year because you were going to make less than twelve thousand dollars. Well, that was two years ago, not this past oh, Glomus. It was oh. two Glomuses ago. And then all yes. of a, and then all of a sudden it's like nope, it's going to be over that. So yeah. we had to like scramble my, to my first year on YouTube where I was making money. I didn't make enough to pay taxes, and then last year all of a sudden, or the year before that, twenty nineteen. All of a sudden, it was like towards the very end of the year, they were like, oh, just kidding. You're actually going to owe like a fuck ton in taxes. And then this past year, it was like, JK, we're yeah. doing it and again. I think, I think people don't really like comprehend because most people, you know, your your job takes out your taxes. So it's easy. But when you are like considered self-employed, yes. you have to save 20% of your income for taxes. Yeah. So if say, I mean, conservatively, say you make $30,000 a year. 
you have to save six grand of that for taxes. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's not it's not always like right in people's heads that when they're first starting to be self-employed. Yeah. Because, I mean, what job well, do you we, have to set aside six grand for taxes? Also, we knew, I knew that I was going to have to pay the taxes, but I didn't realize like how much it was going to be. I didn't realize like all the details of like being self-employed and what that entails. I First year I filed, I filed myself, so I didn't know about the write-offs that I could have been yeah. getting for like business expenses. Yeah. And there was like a whole, it was kind of a mess. So this year, especially this past year, we've been really putting yeah. way more effort into making sure that we're like setting ourselves up yeah. to be in a good position so we're not just like oh crap we owe like a yeah. crazy amount of money right now yep. all of a sudden my parents or my my mom on my mom's side when the person who previously owned this house passed away they inherited a lot of stuff and it like just different properties because that person had like a couple like literally fields with like sheds on them and yeah. stuff like that so um they started working with the guy who had previously managed that, like that per, that person's. I'm trying not to give too many details. So yeah, this is managed that person's estate, and I actually had to meet with him because, like, I am like the executor of my parents' will, so we had to like set all that up. Mm-hmm. And in just meeting him, we were like, "This guy can probably help us figure out like what some budgeting doing. stuff." So we've met with him a couple times, and. Um, He's, He's been huge, very helpful. So helpful. Very helpful. He helped us set up Hannah's retirement. Yep. And he's just, but he's he's going to help us later yeah. down the line with like investments and stuff. And he also just gives really good advice yeah. in the sense of like we tell him what our goals are, and he tells us like our finance goals, and yeah. he tells us the best way that we can make that happen, the smartest way that we can make that happen. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing I've realized from working with him is like. If you even if you can only stash a little bit away from your for your retirement, like ten dollars, the earlier you do it in your life, the better off you're going to be. Yes, because I, I mean I knew that that's common sense, right? But I don't I didn't, know if it is. I don't think people realize how. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I didn't realize how much a little bit of money could grow into over the course of thirty years if you start until small. this guy like showed us projections. Yeah. So I, we've we've this year has been a big change. We've been taking we've been a lot more adult about it. I guess yeah. I would say. Well, I but. think too for us, our big agreement on a lot of things when it comes to just like spending is we can buy whatever the person wants. It's just like if it's a big purchase, I'll just like let you know. Or if yeah. you have something big you want, you just let me know. Yeah. And then, but it, we're not like going to be as long as we can cover what we need to cover we're not going to be like penny pinchers in the sense of like if you want like a new desk chair i'm not going to be like no we're not you know like whatever the other person wants as long as we can afford it we allow each other to kind of do that because i think well i could explain our budget briefly yeah go ahead and it might help some people because i think maybe people can tell me like you know if this is terrible or not but (laughs) we so we at the at Hannah gets YouTube pays Hannah on the twenty first of every month. Usually, sometimes Usually. they're late. So right when that money comes in, twenty percent of it goes to taxes immediately. Fifteen percent of it goes into long term savings, which we're saving up for a down payment on another house, and the rest of it, which is sixty five percent of it, goes into our expenses, which covers our bills and our. Um, um, my bills. brain just fried our bills and, and like, like food and living. gas and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then at the end of the month, if there's any money left in the expense account, that money gets put into the long-term savings. Yeah. Well, so, or towards debt because we're trying to pay oh, off your student right. loan. Right. Or actually, right, it's going towards paying off loans that we owe. Well, so, you. 
<laughs> that I, <laughs> I was like, I didn't do that. Any- so that's that's our budget right now. We've it, we've been doing. It's been working pretty well. Really so well, far. I would say. Um, but we have goals this year of becoming debt free by the end of this year, and also being able to get a new house. Those are our kind of big financial goals. Well, I for me, I think the house is more of a 2022. Right? I am but very <laughs> passionate about 2021. So we have to save up a down payment. Yeah. Again, I'm very passionate plan, about Originally, our plan was to pay off the, the rest of what we owe on this house and then sell this house and use that as a down payment. But this money guy that we talked to was like, you're not going to be able to do that because no. the market's so competitive. If you don't come in pre-approved, ready to go, you're not going to get a house. Yeah. They were so, like, if it's contingent on your house selling with how competitive the market is, you're mm-hmm. just never going to get a home. Right. So now we've switched strategies a little bit to making sure yeah. that we have the money saved up instead, which is going to take a little bit longer than we would have hoped. Let's, let's answer another question, though, because okay. this is turning into the budget podcast. Well, it's, I think it's... Okay, well, sorry. people like the longer podcast now, so we can do this Well, also. Also, the thing is, I think money, I've talked to you about this last night, actually, money is like the main reason people fight in relationships. And I think that's a really important thing to note is like, if you can figure out those percentages and those, but that way it's helped us so much. It's much easier for the spreadsheet to be the bad guy that says no. Exactly. For me to be like, Hannah, Ex- we can't afford exactly. that. <laughs> like it's so much easier to be like, no, this is our set percentage of like what we're doing. And that's that on yeah, that. Like it's, yeah. it helps so much for budgeting purposes. Yeah. Which I really like. Um, if you got jobs in different states, what would you do? Asking for a friend. I think they're asking for themselves. If you got jobs in different states, what would you well, do? Well, unfortunately. Like we both are working in different states. Yeah. I, this is kind of a weird question for us to answer because I think Hannah would still do YouTube. Are we yeah. assuming we can't do the same jobs? Let's, let's, if we did the same jobs, you would do YouTube. Yep. Because you can do that from anywhere in the world. Yeah. And I would I'll probably be a teacher because I have a master's degree in it. But I have no incentive to go anywhere other than New York because I get paid significantly higher in New York than most other states. I think it would depend on the, number one, the job, and number two, the long, the longevity of it. Because if somebody said to me, hey, we want to fly you out to L.A. and we want you to be like a correspondent, because this is like my dream job lately, has been like being a correspondent for something for like social media and giving yeah. like commentary, like a TV perspective. So somebody was like, hey, we want to fly you out to L.A. for six months. But mind you, I don't want to live in fucking L.A. I fucking would hate it. But if they were like, well, you get to do your dream job by doing this and you get to, you know, do this and it's only for six months, I think we would just do long distance for six months. Yeah. But if they were like, you have to permanently move somewhere and be separate permanently, I think it would depend on a lot of factors what we would do. The problem is I had to jump through so many extra hoops to get my license in New York State that it's really not worth it for me to teach anywhere else because I get paid the most here. Other than, I mean, California, some places pay higher. But, I mean, you know, it's one. I'm at the the top three states. So I think it would depend on a lot of factors if either of us were to... But what what Move. if they were like, oh, you can't be a YouTuber and I can't be a teacher? What would you do? Well, you just said it. You would do the correspondent thing. You would want to be like a TV person. Yeah. Or well, no. Oh, so are we talking like dream, dream job or like entertainment dream job? Because my dream, dream job would be to move to Washington, D.C. and do legislative work. Yeah. And we probably won't ever be able to do that while you're teaching just yeah. because you can't leave New York State. But that is something I would love to do. I can. It's just a pain. No, I get it. Yeah. I understand. I think my, my dream job would be to be an uh, like a, a th- author. So you could do that anywhere too. Yeah. But. I think the only way – basically, I don't think we would break up so one of us could go have a job. I think we would work something out. 
is kind of what yeah. I think this question yeah, yeah. is asking. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we would ever break up to like go pursue no, our dreams. No, no. And like, I think we would come to a mutual agreement and find some sort of solution. It's just hard to determine what that solution would be because I don't yeah. really know the circumstance yeah. of what would happen, you know? Um, what are your top three favorite things about each other? Oh, you put me on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> I love how funny you are. Okay. I do. You make me laugh a lot. Especially when you're in a good mood, you're very funny. Um, I love how like creative you are. I love reading your writings, and I I genuinely think you're very talented at um, what you do with like the D and D and like fantasy stuff that you do. I mm-hmm. I genuinely think you're a very creative person, and I love that. Um, I also love you're very. Um, this is gonna sound bad, but you're very like subtle in things that you do. But there's you'll always do like the little tiny thing that is like. I appreciate it so much because I feel like my like love language is like gift giving or anything. Yeah. You'll literally bring like, you'll bring me like tea or something just when, you know what I mean? Like without thinking about it or you'll do something that's just like nice without like last night's a great example. Like you could tell I was having a really bad night. I was in a lot of pain. I was like really stressed and you were like, let's just watch TikToks. Like let's just de-stress. Like you do little things that I think are very, very kind and that I really, really appreciate. So I do love that about you. Uh, man, your mine, I guess, would be like you're fun, you're nice to me, and you're nice to other people. I don't know. It's a, I, it's a hard question to answer. I know. Uh, it's hard to, I don't know. It's hard to tangibly say things. Yeah, uh, you need. Here's Charles's problem. He needs like a moment. Like I guarantee you, when we write our vows for our wedding, you're gonna blow me out of the water I'm with the vows. Dreading because to do that. but you're so good at writing. Like you're so good at putting your thoughts into words in writing form, but in in speaking form, yeah, you don't always know yeah. exactly how to say it. I'm not a mushy, per, like no. gushy person. I'm not really either, though. Am I a little bit? Maybe a little bit. Probably more than you, but I'm not like. Yeah. Um. Have you ever had to deal with strongly disliking someone from your partner's family? No. I genuinely like your family. I don't... I actually love your family, like, a lot. Well, I mean, sort of, but it's somebody that everybody in your family dislikes. Who is it? I'll cut it. Oh, yeah. But, But, I mean, nobody that I have to see on a regular basis... No, but I have some extended family members that Some are a little you, yeah. bad, so yeah. I understand that. Yeah, honestly, both of our families are very nice. Funny story, the first time I met Hannah's parents was on a six-hour road trip to Vermont <laughs> to meet Hannah's grandma. I met uh, Hannah's parents and that, and then her grandma the next day. In, like, the span. We'd only been, and, dating, we'd only been dating for, like, two weeks at that point, too. And the first time Hannah met my family was she came to pasta and she met, again, Everyone. All, everyone. My parents, my sister. Well, it was actually the day that we became Facebook official was yeah. the day I went to pasta with you because you said, I cannot date someone and not introduce them to my grandmother. She would have killed me. And I said. <laughs> she would have killed me. And I said, all right. And I, I remember you took me without telling me. We, we were at like this little country fair and you called your grandma and you were like, hey, I'm dating someone. I want to bring her. And your grandma, of course, because she's like literally was the nicest woman on the yeah. planet. I was like, oh, bring her. I'll set a plate. And I was wearing like short shorts and like a cutoff t-shirt looking like a. Uh, like I looked horrible because I wasn't planning on going. That was fun. That was a good. That was a nice. Yeah. I love your grandma. Um, okay, I just had one that I really liked. Weirdest quality your partner has? Oh my god, so many. I know you have a lot. You, I have a lot. Yeah. You have a lot. 
weirdest quality that you have? So many. You're a picky eater. That is weird. Yeah, I am very picky. I think the single weirdest thing, I've talked about this before, but the hot, the weirdest things that you'll let me say is the hot dogs. Yeah, that is a little weird. The hot dogs. I feel like your weirdest quality. Which, for those of you who don't know. No, don't talk about it. It's public knowledge. If you know, you know. <laughs> and if you don't know, you don't need to know. The weirdest thing, <laughs> the weirdest thing that you do, there is, the, the, here's the thing. Your weird things are more annoying. They're not, like, weird. They're just annoying to me, what you do. Like, the fact that you, when you get out of the shower, you cannot just get out of the shower and dry off like a normal person and go. Yeah. You have a 25-minute dry-off period I where do. you have to just sit and dry, air dry. Listen, because No, no, no. I don't want to hear it. I'm a big guy. I got a lot of folds <laughs> that got to air I don't want to hear it. You literally will have to sit. And no, you, this is what I call it, your TikTok time. Because you just sit and air dry for 25 minutes and watch TikToks, even if we have to, like, go. Like, even if we're in a rush, Sometimes we have to film the podcast. Like, if he has to shower, it is a literal hour-long experience. And not because he has to shower. It's because half of the time he's just sitting on TikTok air drying. Yeah. That is the weirdest thing that you, you do. Gotta, you got to I do you can think shower. My skin stays so naturally soft. No, all it's the time? not naturally soft. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say my freakishly strong sense of smell. That isn't annoying, but it is weird because <laughs> you can smell anything. It's like the strange the guy who will deliver our food will have been smoking in the car and Charles is like, "Oh my god, it fucking reeks." And I smell it and I smell nothing. Like there's nothing there. Yeah, I have nothing. I have a very strong sense of smell. Okay. How did y'all know you were ready for marriage slash buying a house slash commitment? I don't know. Just kind of happened. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of... Um... When, when you're, you're going to... You're dating somebody for five years, four years, and they book a trip to Europe on Valentine's Day and their <laughs> birthday, I think that's a pretty clear sign that it's time to get a ring. I also, I also think, though, we have... And this is advice I would give to any couple... We have had so many long, in-depth conversations about our future and what we, like, Like for example, like, I, what? I don't know if I would give that advice to everybody. Because I Because that only works because you are somebody who doesn't need to be surprised by things. Like, you, mm-hmm. you don't need to, you didn't need, like, to be surprised by a proposal. No, you know no, no, I mean? no, no. I'm talking about, we had so many in-depth talks about like what we want our life to be like in regards to like, we've had so many conversations about how we would parent different scenarios. Oh, yeah. Like we've had so many like lengthy conversations of like what we would do if our child had something or like what we would do if, you know, our child wanted to do this or we've had so many conversations about like in marriage, how would we handle if something happened? How would we, yeah. we've talked at like nauseum about our future and <laughs> It's like, yeah, and how we would handle things. But no, I would genuinely give that as like advice. If you want to know if you're ready to move to the next step with someone, see where you will. Dating is like kind of a breeze compared to what being married is. We're, I already feel like we're married basically. And the number one advice that I would give anybody is like, even before you like get an apartment together, Live together for an extended period of time. Yes, before I mean, you sign a lease. Even, we we had two separate apartments, but I basically lived at Hannah's full time for like a year, a, a, a while before we moved in together. Officially, because there's the, nothing is going to break a new relationship like moving in together and not knowing how to cope with the other person's like shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think people date for a year and then move in without fully understanding. Yeah. And then you're on a lease together and then right. everything is a million times the harder. The house thing, I mean, we kind of, th- this ho- the house that we bought, the one we're in, 
it was we didn't really have time to plan for it because yeah. it was kind of like a thrust uh, upon us. Yeah, it was like a hey, here's this opportunity. Do you want it? And we were. I actually originally said no because I didn't think we could afford. (laughs) You guys, I don't know if you saw that what this house looked like before we did some work in it, It but like it was going to be expensive to repair. Yeah, like it was going to be. It was like a like a. It was a lot. That was a moment where I was like, you are absolutely out of your mind if you don't take this opportunity because we're, this is like the biggest blessing we could ever hope for, basically. But it was a little bit of a gamble, but I think it paid off. And I was worried that we were going to be able to afford the tax because this is, people don't, you don't, unless you're like in a house, you don't think about like, oh yeah, I'm going to have to pay four grand a year in school taxes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to pay more to heat this place than I am my apartment. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to pay for, uh-oh, the... Home insurance. The home insurance. Uh-oh, the hot water heater broke. I have to buy a new, like... The roof, I would anything. Say, I would say we, between taxes and just general home repair, buying new furniture, we probably spend eight grand a year. Yeah. I mean, the school taxes alone are four grand. Yeah. So, and... And, and also, know, those are low school taxes. Like, we have pretty low taxes. They're higher than the suburbs around us. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. I've, no, the they're city not. school tax, taxes are high here. The reason the reason the taxes... Oh, I'm talking about property taxes. You're tax. talking about property taxes. Sorry, yeah, you're right. You're we right. don't pay a lot in property taxes, but we pay a lot in school taxes. Yeah, the property it, taxes in other districts yeah. are much higher. I mean, even your garbage, you have to pay for garb. You know what I mean? And it's just, all this stuff is like, I don't know, it... You know, eight grand doesn't seem like a lot, but like you, when you realize, you know, that's like twenty percent of my salary, then yeah. all of a sudden it's like a bigger commitment. But. No, I agree with you. I think for us it was about um, like communicating beforehand, but also, you know, we just felt like I feel like you just yeah. kind of know. Yeah. There's no real way to be like. There's not like a quiz you can take to know if you're ready to move in together. Right. Like you just kind of have to trust you and know. Feel it out. Take yeah. it slow. Keep communication open. Taking it slow is the absolute biggest advice I can give people because I used to think when I was younger, it was like the movies where you like saw you met each other and then a year later you were like getting married. And that is like, I just don't think that's. I actually think that is like a big thing too because I feel like a lot of the times and uh, people get this idea in their head of what a relationship should be like. Yeah. And it's not informed by like real life. It's informed by like what social they, media. What they hear from other people, what they see on social media, what they see on TV. And your relationship just isn't going to be like that. It's no. just not. Like this it, it, two humans cohabitating and like making a life together is not at all like TV or movies or even what your friends say it's like. Well, and I I also think too. So if you hold too strict to that idea that you have in your head of what your life's going to look like with another person, you're never going to have, like unless you find the absolute perfect person, I don't think that's ever going to realistically happen. I also think too, it's important. You hear these stories of like, well, my parents met and two weeks later they were married and they've been married for 60 years. What you don't hear about is the people who met and got married in two weeks and then got an annulment like a month later right. because they weren't happy together. Like it's, it does work out sometimes when you take those risks. My whole thing is I don't understand why people rush into marriage because realistically I can say this pretty safely. Like not a lot is going to change once we sign that paper. Really? And we're there's no, there's going to be no difference in our Because life. we've been dating for so long. Like I don't really understand the need to rush into something like a marriage because that's a legally binding document and getting right. a divorce is fucking expensive. Well, <laughs> I think it's like what I was just talking though. People get this idea in their head like yes. I'm gonna be married by twenty five, kids by twenty eight. Yes. yes. And they, they kinda push themselves against those barriers and like just you know, let it happen. 
You know, I mean, it, it, I do understand why sometimes, though, just to to be fair, I understand why some women feel that sort of like biological clock ticking. Oh yeah, no, because I, when you when yeah. you are a woman, like even I have been, like people are like, well, you're getting older, you got to start getting ready for kids, and like I don't really want kids in the next five years, but biologically, that is what would be best if I tried to have kids in the next five years. So I think I do understand the pressure women feel if you want to have babies and you want to like have it all, as they say. I understand why women feel pressured into that stuff, but also I would say like it's it's I think it's better long term if you just take things. Also, I don't understand why more people don't just like have kids and not get married first. I get I get the religious aspect of it, but like yeah, I think it's more of a societal pressure thing. I but. know, because I don't get that, though, because it's like you – the marriage doesn't change all that much except for, like, taxes. That's, like, the yeah. big incentive to get married. Yeah. That's a big reason we want to get married, too, is, like, you know, I obviously want to have a wedding, but also, like, taxes. like And health insurance. That's true. I need your health insurance. <laughs> but this is a good question. Do you want to have kids? I don't want to have kids, but I don't – not – not want to have kids. I have no, I'm fine either way. Yeah. When I say I don't want to have kids, I mean, I don't have the desire to have kids. Not that I'm like, I don't want to have them. I just don't want them. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get it. You know how you're like, yeah, I guess I could go for Taco Bell, but like, yeah, not really. Our future kids watching yeah. this, like, oh. no, yeah. I, I do want to have kids. But we've recently discussed a lot, and this could change, but we've discussed a lot about waiting a little bit later in life to, because we, we want to adopt anyway, and we want to do yeah. something with that anyway. So yeah. we've we've had a lot I, of discussions. I'm much more inclined to adopt than to have a kid, because there's, we don't need more people. There's, there's enough so people There's so many kids in the, in the world that need a home. Yeah. And also for us, like, we kind of would like to have a few years while we're still younger to travel yeah. and to you know do what we want to do we're not really in a rush to have kids by the time we're like 30 you know like that's not especially when the environment is going to collapse in their lifetime well that yeah (laughs) it'd be nice if that could fix first i don't know yeah so i think for us like we do want to have kids i don't think it's going to happen in the next like five years it could change though you never know i could wake up one day and be like now is the time (laughs) for a baby (laughs) i hate babies i don't like babies (laughs) i would say i don't like maybe I don't. I, even when my sister was born, I didn't hold her till she was. Can like Can you provide two. some context though? Because you don't hate babies. It scares. I don't like babies. It scares you because they're you, fragile. That is they're why. loud. They're disgusting. But it scares you because you could you because you have your disability. If you you are prone to falling, so if you're holding your baby and you fall, I get why that freaks you out. Why did that just happen? What the, your balloon just what like flicked. I don't know. The it's by must, the heat, heat then. So. Kicked down. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I don't like babies. I, I hope the sound is a little bit better today. We're trying something new again with the microphones. The problem is every week the sound is is like there's something wrong with it. I know. And every week people in the comments say, try this, try this, try this. So we're with and within the limits of our one thing people say is we should face each other. But within the confines of our setup, there is absolutely no way to do that. One day we will face each other. There's no way to do that. We're Um, literally in the corner of our dining room right now. Yeah. Do you worry that YouTube puts pressure on your relationship? I don't think so. I Weirdly, I feel like it takes more pressure off of our relationship than it puts on our relationship. I would agree. Because it gives you something to do. I mean, it gives you an income, which is nice. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. You also are very, um, 
I got really lucky because I wasn't doing YouTube when I met you. Yeah. I started my channel like about, I think, a few months into us dating. But we, I got very lucky that you are, number one, naturally very good on camera. So we can do something like this. Because <laughs> you are. You're very naturally good at this. But also, you are very good at naturally understanding the business side of things and also the, like, optics side of things. Mm -hmm. And also keeping me very grounded in, like, life. Like, yeah. it's, it's hard when you have hundreds of thousands of people being like you're so great you're so your job you're right like your problems are you know what i mean like it's easy to get in your head i understand why bigger influencers do whereas you're a very grounding force for me yeah. and i think you actually make doing youtube much easier than it would be without do i don't think i could have done all of it without well, your help you. you know you probably could have but i i don't know about that <laughs> There's been some sticky moments where I feel like I would have just left if it wasn't for you. So, but I will also say we—it's not like we're putting out daily content. I think some, like especially like these family vloggers or like the couples that vlog, I think part of the problem with that and why people associate YouTube with having pressure on relationships is when you're filming yourself. It's really the main reason we don't vlog is when you're filming yourself every day, you have to force yourself to make content. Yes. And then you, that doesn't leave time for the relationship no. because everything becomes scripted yeah. and then the relationship falls apart. Well, we don't really do that. We've even struggled with, we, we've talked about vlogging our honeymoon because we're going on like a very long trip and it would be great content. I want to do a podcast talking about the honeymoon. I know. I'm, People actually said they'd be interested. I'm so excited about I it. I have... I have a spreadsheet where I have planned out every <laughs> detail of every day I know. of what I would like to do. I know. In every country. You've even to. planned out the rest days. You've really got it unlocked. Yeah, I now, got this down to a science. I, uh, we can do that. But I think for me, like, we've we've debated doing it, number one, because I think it'd be fun to document it because it's going to be such a big trip and it's, like, going to be cool. I think for us, like, we've debated vlogging it, but it's also that matter of, like, yeah. do we also, actually want to do that? We're, uh, right now, we're planning on five weeks for our honeymoon. Yeah. So could be longer. So uh like we need content. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just leave a channel for five weeks. Well, I'm probably gonna pre film a lot of stuff yeah, for Smoky Blue. Like I'm, I'm gonna end up having to like film That's literally you should call it Glomus in July. People have said they want me to do a Christmas in July. You want me to upload a video every day while we're gone? You want me to no, pre film thirty no, videos? No, but I mean <laughs> No, I think what we're gonna end up doing is I'm probably gonna have to bring my camera and some type of yeah. equipment with and us. I think we wanna try and do some like live streams from like hotel rooms we did that when we were in paris it was really fun actually. yeah that was a really yeah. fun little live although the wi-fi quality was horrific yeah but, but i mean you know i so i think we're gonna make it work but also there's gotta be some sort of like satellite wi-fi something that we could pay for that works in europe you know i would agree I mean? with that you would probably have something we could look into it but i think that like for us it's a balance between sharing our yeah. lives enough but also keeping boundaries but also part of it is it's tough to like we both feel embarrassed like filming you know oh what in I mean? public oh like, my vlogging, god it, like it's I awkward i don't know how some of these people do it they especially like they make millions we're already, of dollars we're already the the fat loud americans everywhere we go <laughs> now we're gonna be toting around a, a gopro or, you know what i mean it's like <laughs> Yeah. How obnoxious can we be? No, yeah, I agree. It's very subtle if we do vlog stuff. Yeah, we we'll have more to film subtle. it on like a cell phone. So I yeah, we'll I'm not going to walk around with my G7X yeah. like, and today, hi, friends. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, okay. Do you think that everyone exists? Did you think that for everyone exists an other half? No. Mathematically, it can't because there's not enough men to female in the, in the world. So mathematically, 
I'm just saying. No, I don't. I don't believe in soulmates. I, I don't. I mean, I do, but I, no, you don't. Yes, I do. You could have been happy with other people. Do you think that I am the only person in the world that you could have been happy with? No. And somehow we happen to just, like... We live right down the street from yeah. each other. I mean... No, yeah, no. no, I guess you're right. Love, love is a state of mind, and, you know, I'm not delegitimizing it in any way, but I, I just don't think soulmates exist. No, I guess you're right. I think there's plenty of people... I think I did when I was younger. I thought that, like... But I... I I had like experiences well, that that's made that what I'm feel talking like that. about though. I feel like and again, I'm not trying to diss anyone that thinks their partner is their soulmate. But yeah. Like I feel like a part of that is like you're this what I was talking about, like this romantization of what a relationship actually is. Mm-hmm. And then you like are in one, and you're like, oh yeah, it's actually just another person I like and am attracted to that I can cohabitate with and not murder them. You know what I mean? <laughs> And there's there's no way there's only one person in the world that fits those descriptions. That's yeah. how it is for me, at least. I don't know. Not that you're not special, no. but oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I get it. I I agree with you to an extent. I don't know. I don't know. Because you, you see those couples that are married for like till they're ninety together. They're married for like fifty years. And how well, can you I mean, not? My, my grandparents. I know, but I, they are an example. There's days of, where they hated each but other. But that's soulmates. Is like even though you hate each other, I some days you stay through it. Like, but I don't think every person has one soulmate. I think that you can have multiple across the like your. I don't think it's just one person. You know what I mean? I'm too scientific minded to believe. I know. In, I get it. That. So sorry if this is annoying, but how many kids do you guys want, if any? I think two is your max. I don't think you would have more than two. Yeah. I, th- I don't think I could convince you to have more than two. However, I would love when I'm retired to foster kids. Yeah. And that way I would have, you know, a bunch. But I would love to I be a foster I think I'm going to be fine once we have kids. It's I just, agree. Like I said, I have some major narcissistic tendencies. Yes. And I, the inconvenience to the, my current lifestyle that kids would bring <laughs> Makes me. I don't know if that makes you sound really bad. I've just heard you say that like a million times. No, I get it's it. True. I, I mean, get at it. least I'm honest about yeah, it, right? I get it's it. Like, I like traveling. I like being able to play video games. I like that my only real responsibilities right now are taking care of the house and keeping the dogs alive. Yeah. You I know what it. I mean? It's like, I don't know. I get it. I think you adjust, though. That's what I've been told. I about like, parenting. I mean, my whole job, I work with kids. I like kids. Yeah. So I think also part of it is I don't, I, I don't know. No, I. Yeah, I get that. Um, when do you know that something's a red flag and you should br- you should listen to slash break up with them for it? I think when you know, you know. I have more experience with this one, I feel like, from my previous relationship with a person. It's a lot of red well, flags. I mean, I, here's the thing. You know, no disrespect to my previous partner, mm-hmm. but we were just not right for each other. Yeah. And I think both of us had red flags that we ignored about each other mm-hmm. and that's why the relationship fell apart i mean me, me and my my ex are still we still talk friendly. occasionally we're still yeah. friendly and i think we both would agree that our lives have been improved now that we've broken up you yeah. know what i mean but i think there's there's distinctive times like at least for me when i knew i was like i don't think that this is going to work out long term and I ignored them and tried to push through them. And I think that really was a disservice to both of us. Yeah, I would agree you know with you. What I mean? That's actually a point I was going to make was I think if you know 
that it's not working and you ignore it, you're doing yourself more of a disservice and you're causing more pain in the long run. Right. Whereas if you like can just, I know it's easier said than done, obviously, because there's so many emotions involved with stuff like that. But I think it's really just about, you know, yeah, you have to be really, really honest with yourself at a certain point. You know, and that's not yeah. to say like, oh, they do one thing and you're like done. But like, you know, if it's a repeated pattern, if there's red flags, if there's stuff that you're just not vibing yeah. with. I also think it's important to know, don't let somebody convince you that something isn't a red flag that you think is a red flag. Mm-hmm. Like uh, sometimes you'll go to your friends and they're like, oh, that's just how guys are. But if that's something you're not personally comfortable with, it's not something you're personally yeah. comfortable with. Like you can't listen to other people and let them dictate what those red flip flags might be. You have to trust your own instincts with that. And I think you, you know, like I've never had any, I've had some yellow, yellow card moments with you, but I've never had the red card. No, same. I actually, it's a really good way of putting it. Where I've had some moments where I'm like, I don't know, man. Caution, (laughs) caution. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's about, at the end of the day, what you can tolerate and also what you think you can work through. Yeah. Because all the yellow card moments that I've had with you, we've worked through, I would say, 99% of them. Same. same And the other 1%, I have just learned that it's okay that you have these things about you that I'm not crazy about. And that was my biggest problem in my last relationship was I... It was really, a lot of it was me just because I wasn't a good communicator. I'm still not a good communicator. No, you're not the best. I don't know. You're getting a lot better, though, than when we first met. Like, significantly better than when we first met. You're a much better communicator now. Yeah. Do you think that a relationship can last if two people have completely contradicting views? I don't. I mean, it depends. It depends. I mean, it depends on what you're talking about. If you're, here's the thing, is, you know... 20 years ago, maybe, right? Because I feel like a, the, the problem is in the society that we live in today, and this is for the better in general, I feel like morality and like your own moral stances have become more entwined in other beliefs, like more entwined in your political beliefs, Completely more agree. entwined in other things. You know what I mean? So I feel like the... 20 years ago, it was easier to ignore that stuff because, like, you didn't necessarily associate, you should have, but you didn't necessarily associate, you know, politics with, like, who your spouse was as as a person, Mm -hmm. like, morality. But I think now it's growing harder and harder to ignore things like politics or religion or, you know, beliefs in science and that sort of things. So I also would personally think, no. I have a friend, though who her and her partner have very different beliefs on certain things. And I think it depends on the person because she is like, you know what? He has his beliefs. I have mine. We just don't really discuss it. And number one, I do think that that's a privilege to be able to just not discuss issues like beliefs like that. But I also think that her, her, like the way that she handles things is a little bit more like she's just more chill about things and more like, subdue about things and i feel like she just Does that friend watch these videos i don't think so okay maybe but i would tell her to her face that i think that that's a little strange yeah but... i don't know i i just think that if like for example if hannah was like an avid trump supporter right? i couldn't date the trump supporter. And, and i ignored that there's gonna be some time in the future where like your our moralities are not gonna line up exactly why that's why do you know what i mean yep. like it, I don't know. I, I, I would personally say no. Yeah. And I, I do think like if – but here's the thing is like – I don't know. This is going to maybe sound bad and you can cut it if you want to cut it. But 
I think that there is a type of person out there who is who can ignore things about their partner, can ignore their partner like being a Trump supporter or being mm-hmm. a member of the alt-right. But that's because that person themselves is not that passionate about the issues to yes. begin with. Or they just have beliefs that are not polar opposite to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like me, I'm such a communist. That, like if you were Same. like... If you were had any right leaning beliefs, yeah. I don't think that I could deal with it. And that's you know? not to say we can't disagree on certain things because we definitely disagree on like things and have you know things that we just don't align with necessarily, and we have heated debates about those things. Yeah. But they're not our core values and beliefs. Those things that we disagree with, Correct. they're like subsections of our core values. Like we Correct. we disagree on maybe how things are supposed to be done, or how we can fix the problem, or even like political candidates. Sometimes we disagree. With. <laughs> Is that helping? Um, yeah, but we we but. Again, though, even with that, though, we're not polar opposites. No. You know what I mean? We're in the same We're thing. arguing Bernie Sanders versus Elizabeth Warren yes, rather yes. than like, so So I don't know. I don't know. No, I agree. But I think if like you avidly believed in like astrology, I could probably like deal with that. You know what I mean? Yes. Or if like, I, I don't really believe in, I don't know if I should even say that. What? But, like if you were like. A, 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 a Wiccan or like you believed in witchcraft that's I could probably be okay with that even yeah. though I don't necessarily believe in that much I of think that. religion is a completely different thing but, like you can be two separate religions and I think uh, yeah, you can totally yeah. make that work but I think really like your moral if your morals yes. are opposed then it it's not gonna work out in the end I agree with you what is your favorite trip together I mean, Europe, Europe, yeah. I also loved, though, the first time we went to Florida when we saw the rocket go up. I loved that moment. Yeah, but we fought so much on that that trip. That trip. That road trip was rough. Don't take a two-day road trip with somebody you've been dating for three months. Yeah. Don't do it. When we, I thought do we it. were going to leave that vacation Breaking no longer. Up. We talked about this the other day. That was easily the most horrific fighting we've ever done. Because right. that was the first time I ever realized that you could not put aside a problem for the sake of having a good time, like, on a vacation. Like, you cannot, if you are in a bad mood, you cannot mask those feelings for the sake of, like, the day. (laughs) And that was the first time I ever realized that about you. And I've come to accept it, and, like, we work through it. But at that point in time, I had never met someone, because my family is very big on, if you have a problem, like, suck it up and deal with it because we're having a nice day. You know what I mean? And you're not like that. And that was the first time I ever realized that about you. And I was like, this is, I can't do this. Like, I cannot have you just be angry at me about something when we're like on a vacation and we're supposed to be having a good time and you can't like put it aside. You know what I mean? Well, I think another part of it too was we still at that point in our relationship because it was so early had not had a lot of the fights. No. Like in a relationship, there's just fights you got to get through as you like sort out dynamics and figure things out. And when you're trapped in a twenty a car for 21 hours and you've only been dating for five months, six months. three months. Three months. Three months. <laughs> like that's there. You're going to fight about stuff. You're you're going to. Yeah. And we did. That vacation was bad, but I think we came out of it because we made it through it. We came out of it much stronger, and also every vacation since then has been a very good vacation. Yeah. Once we were able to sort of sort through that issue. I agree. Something about car rides, though. I feel like we always fight on car rides. When it comes to well, we used to. We would always fight with. Well, like, now we cards. just listen to audiobooks. Yeah, it's a, so <laughs> thanks Audible. Um, what are your views on gender roles? 
I don't think we follow a single they general rule. They are made up and fake. Yeah, I don't think we follow a single thing. Except which... apparently for shoveling snow. I... <laughs> or killing bugs. <laughs> yeah, I think those are the two. No, I think that we just um, don't care. Made, I mean, it's the 21st century. Yeah, right? I don't think we care too much about that stuff. Century? I have no fucking no, idea it anymore. I, I think it is, we... it is, it is. Okay. It's plus one. Okay, I think we just don't care about that stuff. And also, I'm so thankful for that because I have taken so many, like, women gender study classes that are, like, women have so much more on their plate because they're expected to do the household. They're expected to do this, this, this. And you have never once made me feel that way. Like, you have never once made me feel like I I don't have... I I am not... I literally almost said I'm not man... Or I'm man enough. So that... There you go right there. (laughs) I am a big enough person to admit that I have some internalized mis- misogyny but it's more about the way that a man should behave than like how a woman should behave i would agree with you and part of that just comes from my background in sports yeah I mean, well like, and you grew up with a, a tra- very traditional italian family right and wrestling women do the dishes men watch but, football see, after dinner that, that that i don't even i mean i don't care about that stuff no but you don't but like that's the environment you were I raised more mean, in like wrestling did a lot of good things for me it built a lot of character but it also definitely had and you see this with all of my friends too because i'm still friends with all of my high school friends who are we all have like this it's i don't know no you do have a little bit internalized misogyny I would for sure and i actively work to combat it but i still you know i'm still learn like in one of our first podcasts i called i said females you know what I mean? That was a live and stream, I think. A live yeah. stream. I got called on it, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. But I think what's important about it is to like admit that it exists and be like, I'm actively trying to change it. I would say for somebody who grew up the way that you did and for somebody who is like a man, obviously, you do a very, very good job at hearing me out when I'm trying to explain to you things and why I think something you do might yeah. be a little misogynistic. And you actively do work to fix those things. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen – I think sometimes – and this is not to justify it at all. I'm not justifying it. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes peop- it's easy from the outside to be like, well, misogyny, like how, how could you not realize that that's wrong? But I feel like some- people don't realize, like when you're hanging out with a group of guys all the time, I feel like you don't realize how easy it is for that to get ingrained with you yeah. just in like the basic interactions you have on a daily basis. And I honestly, I think I still would be a lot worse off if I had not like gone down the route I did in college yes. and like taken, you know, sociology, sociology classes and women's studies classes and all yeah. this stuff and really kind of made myself more aware of my internalized misogyny. But I don't know. Cause a lot of my friends, you know, great guys, but they still do stuff that I, I'm like not comfortable with. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, I try- do, you call them out on it though. Sometimes you do a decent job. Yeah, at that. You, you try, but I, it's hard. I don't know. I call them out. I try, but it's it's hard sometimes, you know? No, I get it. I think, too, as far as our relationship goes, you have done a very good job at never making me feel like I need to be, like, in the kitchen or, like... And I would also, rather cook, honestly. I, yeah, it's better. I like to be eating grilled cheese I, every day. I also, I also think, too, just to touch on, like, I obviously make more than you, and I'm, like, kind of the breadwinner, which is a ter- predominantly, like, if you're going by society, is supposed to be the man does that. You literally could give a shit. Like, he does not care... care in the slightest yeah like i feel like you're never you have never once come to me and been like oh i'm insecure because you make more money than me and you're more you know financially successful honestly it feels like i picked a winning lottery ticket (laughs) so i mean 
Yeah. But I think that's something we don't ever... Yeah. That's never been an issue for our relationship, and I don't really know what it would be like this if might it be was. be a long podcast. I know. I think it's going to be like two hours. I'm okay with that. I'm really enjoying talking about I this. I am, too. I, I don't... I, I will say, though, I don't think that we would have lasted if you were like that, because I grew up in a very, um, like, feminist household, and a very... Oh, my mom sometimes was a little, like... My mom is very... Well, I here's the thing, is... My, I, growing up, like, I saw my mom a lot, but I would say that my, even, even my dad, I mean, I would say my grandparents were the most, like. Well, your grandma, like, babysat you guys. Right. I would say, like, influence, my mom and my dad both influenced me, but I feel like, I really feel like my grandmother influenced me the most. Yeah. As a child. And she, you know, for all her, all her, her great things, she was a product of the, the, the 20s. And she had some. She believed in gender roles. Yeah. You know, she was old Italian. Thought you know, women should do this, men should do that. And I think that did. I did get a little bit of that. Yeah. And wrestling compounded it. You know, it's funny now though how how I literally argue. I actually blocked my wrestling coach, my my childhood <laughs> wrestling coach. You did, yeah. Because I had I had two wrestling coaches that. This is so off topic, but were major influences on my life. One of them, unfortunately, passed away to cancer two years ago. He was great. Like, honestly, he was such a good influence on anyone he met. And, like, he should have been, like, a motivational guru. Like, that guy was, like, a one in a million Just to speak, person. I never really met him, but just to speak, like, when we went to that funeral, there was literally, like, a thousand people the there. The line was out the he, door. He was easily one of the most influential people in, like, our community, just yeah. from, like, what you yeah. had your experience he, with. Especially was, in the community of wrestling. He yeah. was, like, such a great guy. Yeah. Now, my other coach, you know, he had his he had his good things, but he uh, he... The older I got, the easier I got to see. I've kind of realized, you know, for all the good he did in me, he was kind of an asshole. Yeah. And I've actually blocked him on Facebook now because he just, he's an avid Trump supporter. And can't do I, it. I just can't. He's, I just can't. I can't. No, I get but, it. But, you know, that, I, I, I don't know. I'm rambling now. No, I, I think it's it's an interesting topic because I think gender roles can really define relationships sometimes. But for us, that's just never been something that we are, Yeah. like, we don't we partake don't in that all. a lot. Um, are you the same religion? I don't know. I just feel like this is interesting. I guess. I feel like a lot of couples, this is like a thing. I am. I'm trying to pick stuff that is interesting to other people too, not just like. I would say, I would say, here's the thing. I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. Exactly. I I am the same exact way. Because I, I, like, again, no offense to anybody, but I was raised Catholic. Mm Mm-hmm. I went to Bible school from the time I would, could walk until, you know, I was like 15. Mm-hmm. I went to church with my, at first my mom and then my grandparents every Sunday until I was old enough to be like, hey, I don't really want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't, I think there is a lot of good aspects of Christianity, but there's also a lot of bad aspects to it. And um, I've always been somebody who's, even growing up, who interpreted like, the stories in the Bible as more of like like Aesop's fable type thing. They're more they're stories, in my opinion. Again, I'm not trying to offend anybody mm-hmm. or shit on anybody's religion, but I've always felt they're more like stories that you're meant to take the moral of rather yes. than absolute truths. Agreed. And as I grew up and kind of developed my more scientific brain, I really have become sort of agnostic, in the sense that like. I I do believe because here's the thing scientifically speaking 
there is something that originated everything, right? If you follow if you follow the chain of cause and effect backwards, there has to be or originally there has to be an original cause that started off all the chain of cause and effects that existed independent of the change of cause and effect. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be something. I'm not here to say that that person is a divine being or if that person was a collision of particles or most likely some phenomena that we don't understand, phenomenon that we don't understand, mm-hmm. right? Um, but like that being said, you know, I'm not discounting the possibility that it could be a divine being, you know, in a lot of ways that might even make sense more in sense. some of the crazy scientific things we think. Yeah. So I think I'm more undecided. But I still stay a little bit spiritual just in case. Same. You know what I mean? We have the like, gen- like we're gonna baptize our kids. Like I still I still was raised Catholic yeah. and I still have a uh you know, I, I pray every night more for comfort than like I actually think it's going anywhere or like out of superstition. We we also but, will pray in moments of um panic or in moments of where we need to feel like we are powerless this is where i this just to if i can talk because that was a really good fucking speech right there but if i i i am religious i'm not religious i'm spiritual i would agree with what you said there but i also feel like i more look to a higher being when i need some sort of comfort because i'm powerless in a situation and that is how i kind of like feel a little less powerless if I can yeah. pray for somebody or if I, and I don't even know what I'm really praying to. It's more just like putting it out in the, I'm more a believer of like putting it out in the universe and just kind of hoping right. something comes from that. So I always say like, it's kind of why I say people will ask for, you know, like I'll say like, I need some good vibes sent my way. I don't necessarily need prayers. I don't need you to pray to a God if you don't believe in that. But I, if you're just thinking yeah. about something, I think it helps. And so for me, I'm definitely a little bit more. Yeah. That's what I, I do it for comfort I, more I than just, something I, you know, I also think there's a lot of rules to a structured religion. And I think that's something I disagree with. I don't, I don't well, understand all the, I mean, we, I could go deeper on, maybe we, we could do a whole, whole podcast on, this, on that. Like, yeah. I, so I would say that we are both religious in the sense that we believe that there is some sort of higher power. We yes. don't know what it is. It could literally just be an inanimate science, like a collision of particles, yeah. like I said. Both of our but, families were also religious and raised. Like I did Sunday yeah. school. I went to church every Sunday. Like both of our families yeah. raised, us, raised us to be religious, which I think is, um, it, it was a good thing in a sense, but I also think we both yeah. kind of have just kind of developed our own interpretation yeah. of what that means. But we both definitely have like an ingrained superstitiousness about it where we f- we yeah. have to do, we feel like, yeah. you know, I just, think just in case, just in case, yeah. I, you know, I have to do certain things to get in heaven. Let me just do Let them. Let me just Why try not? them, yeah. But I don't know. No, I would agree with you on that one to an extent though. <laughs> some stuff with that people believe with religion I think is a little too strict. Oh for yeah, your that's, life. That's, like, that's a little one rigid. of the worst. The one of the things that really sealed the deal for me with a Catholic with going to church is I was like fifteen or sixteen, and we had gotten a new priest at my church, and I was already sick of going to church. Not really because like I had had this deep analysis of belief because it was only fifteen. Yeah, but it was boring to me. You know what I mean? We had had at my priest at my church. We had had two really good priests in a row who were very accepting very kind, very loving of everybody. And then we got this new priest. His mm-hmm. name was Father Ted. And the first, no, no, Father Ted was the good one. I forget what the new one's name was. Probably but, best um, not to put him on blast. Yeah. We went to this, 
this new uh, this new priest. The first day he was there, he went on this rant about like how it was wrong. It was a sin to be gay. It was wrong to be yeah. gay. And I remember even at like 15, I was looking at my mom like what? Like I was like, I'm going to leave. Like this is bullshit. This yeah. is pissing me off. And my mom was like, even my mom was like, she never made me go back to church after that because that and she switched churches because yeah. that guy was such an asshole. But I remember I was like, you know what? This is not about religion at this point. This is like about hatred. And that's yes. that's when I was like, I, I, I can't. I had a very similar experience to that, actually, where I, my parents sent me to a religious, it wasn't supposed to be like a religious camp. It was supposed to be a camp, a a camp that had religion involved in it, but it was fun. Like it was like not really, you, it was like you said a prayer before dinner and like that was supposed to be all it was. But this certain camp they sent us to was like full on, like we did, we went every, I got saved like unknowingly, like we did, (laughs) like it was like full on all this stuff. And I remember I went to a class that they were doing and it was about why being gay was bad and why being, and I'm bisexual. So I'm, and I knew this about myself at this point in time. So I'm sitting there like, oh my God, like what the fuck is going on? Like they're basically like, if you have an attraction to the opposite sex, you're going to hell. I remember looking at the girl next to me and she had a notebook out and she was writing notes on why being gay was bad. And that's when I called my mom crying and I was like, can you go pick me up? Like I left early because it was just, and that was a moment for me too, where I felt like I was like, you know what? This feels like more than just it's a, it's not a religion at this point. It feels like this is just fueled by hatred, and I don't want to be a part of that. Like I, that was also yeah. a moment where I disconnected from organized religion as well, yeah. because very I think similar. it was. So we, I, and I guess, in a way, we do really have very similar beliefs about religion. Yeah, but. I would agree with you. We don't really talk about it that much, though. Next question. Um, let's see. Being on YouTube means you can be attacked in the comments now, or does Charles feel? Oh, how does he handle the nasty comments? I I mean, it depends. Normally, here's the problem. Is I have this superpower. <laughs> and it's the power of a supervillain. Where I I I can my brain like without me even trying focuses in on like the nastiest thing I can say to a person. Yeah. And like I can make a person cry like that. Yeah. And it's I, I, he's not proud of it. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. No. But it's something that I can do. I I call it growing up with a twin brother. Is what I call it. I think and because you grew up with a twin yes. brother and you guys were vicious to each other. You just have this. And skill. every time I I see like a hate comment or something, it's like I get this urge to like. It doesn't it doesn't bother me. I just get this urge to like clap back. Yes. Like my super my super villain power activates <laughs> and I'm like, I should make this person cry. Yeah. But then I like I stop myself. I had a I had a moment on Twitter recently. You know what's so where, I want to talk about this real quick. It's so funny because for so long, Charles to me has been like, I don't get why it bothers you. I don't get why you feel the need to respond. I don't understand why it makes you upset. And to, to be fair, hate comments don't normally make me too upset. What makes me upset, it's people calling me fat. I literally do not. I cannot express how little I give a shit if right. you call me fat or ugly. I literally do not care about that. What makes me upset is the people who, like, just lie or just, like, are so wrong. Like, those are the things that make me upset. That's what I think it is. But so listen. So he never understood it. He was like, I don't get why you feel like you need to respond. Just ignore it. And then this 
man comes to me and goes, "Can I clap back on this person on Twitter? They're 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 wrong about this, but you and I need to correct story. them." No, but I just want to say, you learn once you start doing this how hard it is to not okay, respond you're right, to people. You're right. I did get a little bit of a more understanding because you understand it now. Because it is, to my credit, it's very, very, very difficult. But that person, I ignored I it the first time. I know. I ignored it. I, know. I said nothing. I know. They came back a month later and commented on I the know. same post. They do that. And I was like, I, and I, I feel like I wasn't too mean. You I were. was. You were very respectful. I, but like, I feel like sometimes, and this is, I feel like the reason we can't understand it maybe is because we're on the other side of it. But I feel like sometimes people develop these parasocial relationships with, yeah. for positive or negative parasocial relationships yeah. with creators, and they feel like they know that creator's whole story yes. when they don't know. They don't know because yes. they don't know that person well, as a person. Well, because you can't. You can't know So I feel story. like a lot of the time, like especially back in the day when you were smaller and you were getting a lot of hate on the... The, the troll cave that shall not be named. I haven't visited there in a very long yeah. time. Very proud of myself for that. I feel like the thing that was really bothering you was so many people were just wrong about so many things. Yes. And it it's hard to sit there and have people saying that, like, if you want to criticize me about real stuff, that's fine. I, I like, totally you want to tell me I'm fat? I don't, like, I sure. Am. You know what? <laughs> Go makes, for it. It <laughs> makes you look like an asshole, but at least you're not lying. Yeah. But when somebody comes to you and is like, hey, this is you did this or and it's like, no, I didn't like, no, you don't know anything about me. You're so wrong. I also that's when it it gets frustrating. I I understand that now. I also think, too, and you're feeling this right now. This is something I've gotten past because I've had to just accept that I am no longer a normal person in that sense. But when you are at a small number of subscribers and it's a small amount of attention and you are just still a normal fucking person like nothing in your life has changed as a result of doing this thing online except that you have followers nothing else has changed it is the weirdest thing on the planet to have people talking about you in that way it will never it's a little bit easier now for me because i've just accepted this is my life like i just have come to terms with it it's still fucking weird but i accept it but with when you're at that small of numbers and it first starts happening it is so hard to accept that like that is normal because it's not normal it's not normal to have people either lovingly or hating you like it's not normal to have people I speculate about you that way i think it's, I think it's the extremes that are that get off, it's the extremes that get that get frustrating like you know the average people commenting saying like nice things about you is not a big or thing. even people like, commenting, thank you we appreciate that or sort of even stuff. people commenting being like hey i disagree with you here and this is why and like opening up a conversation like i love shit like that like yeah. it's that's why i make commentary videos is to talk to other people about what's and happening I think, I, I think what some people don't realize is that you still read every comment you get literally and almost. i read every comment that we get on the podcast channel you know what i mean because i like i, enjoy I like it. feeling like i'm interacting with people Agreed. you know what i mean that's why I teach is because I like that relationship. Agreed. And I, I do read every comment, even the negative ones. Yeah. You know, and I actually on your Hannah's main channel had been like, maybe just like, you know, read the first couple days and then stop because like. Which I have started doing a little bit more. I have started only reading top comments instead of reading every comment as they come in because 
it just gets to a point where if you, I tweeted about this the other day, I guess, but I, I was just, if you only, you could be the most successful person in the world, but if you are only reading negative shit, you will never see yourself that way. And it gets to a point with me mentally where if I am reading too many comments of people being like, you're so fucking stupid. You got this one minute detail wrong. Therefore, everything you say is inaccurate. Like if I read that too much, I don't want to make videos and I mentally cannot make videos because I am so stressed and anxious about what the mean comment will be next that I I can't create. So for me, it's more of a self-preservation thing, but it is difficult to have people on a more deep level. Like I remember when I remember the last, one of the last times I read that the, the troll cave, as you call it, which was almost a year ago, it was people, it was beginning of quarantine and it was people basically saying we I, I hope that quarantine breaks up Hannah and Charles because they are so, it was literally people being like, they are so, they're so incompatible that quarantine is going to break them up and they're not happy. And you can tell by their podcast that they're miserable and they fucking hate each other. And Charles is so mean to Hannah and Hannah is such a bitch. And it was just people literally hoping that my love life fell apart and crumbled. You know what the new narrative about you is? What? I haven't read. Have you been yeah, reading it? I, I so... Hannah doesn't, and this actually, it goes against the narrative, but Hannah doesn't read the Reddit. She doesn't read anything about herself. I am subscribed to the subreddit, and the only reason I monitor it is because, can I say this about your mom or no? Yeah. Hannah's mom, bless her heart, she does it out of love, like tells Hannah when there's like a negative thread about her, and I read the... You read the subreddit to try and like get ahead of that so I could tell when it's incoming and be like, hey, you're going to get a text from your mom. I read it. It's not that bad. My mom like panics because if there's anything negative, she panics. Yeah. And she wants to defend. Yes. You know, she wants. Very protective. But I, the new narrative about you on, on on the subreddit is that you read the subreddit and you gather the opinion of the subreddit and then you make a video about it. And it's like, do you know how frustrating you, that and, is? And it's funny to me because you literally—I mean, you literally don't read the subreddit. I have read, I read it, it like the fucking plague. I, I don't know. even go there for receipts anymore because I used to have to go there to get screenshots and stuff. I don't even do that anymore. And it's funny because people will comment and they'll be like, you know, if some people say they're just sick of you, which you know, I get, I get if they, that. If they're sick, I'm you sick post of me. a lot. If they're sick of you, they're sick of you. You know yeah. what I mean? But, like, people will post on it and be like, I've never seen somebody get so much hate for agreeing with everything the subreddit says. <laughs> and it's funny because it's like, I think sometimes these, and I, again, I, I don't want to talk about this too much, but I think sometimes people in the subreddit, like, they don't realize how small a percentage that is of your actual, like, even if everybody in the subreddit, not everyone there is subscribed to you, but so small of, of, of your. Uh, viewer base is people who are actually like involved in the subreddit yeah. that like the same things are going on in your comment section in Twitter like so it's not that like you know you're reading the subreddit and being yeah. like oh I'm get, I'm gonna just gonna make get- a video about the subreddit what subreddit wants it's like you're active in the community. You see what people say on Twitter yeah. and you form your own opinions on these issues. And then you, you Well, and also too, like if I want opinions on a video and I need help forming an opinion, I will literally just tweet, what do we think about this? Yeah. And then people will tweet to me their opinions. And then in my video, I'll say, or somebody said this on Twitter. Oliver has decided he has to go out. Oliver... We we just realized we I don't know if people know how our technology how low tech we are here, but we have to reset the camera every twenty five minutes because we're recording on a DSLR, 
and it only records for 25 minutes or th- half 30. an hour. So we just realized we're, we have like almost – Three hours. Three hours of footage. So, so sorry about that. We're probably we're probably going to do one more question and then wrap, wrap it up, up. I think. Yeah. How do you both handle mental health while in a relationship? Well, let's be honest. I have I have a host of mental health issues, but you have anxiety. That's kind of your big yeah thing. And here's the thing: is I feel like my anxiety is a hundred percent health related. Yes. Like a hundred percent. I. And I know this sounds weird to say, but like I almost have developed this. And I think part of this is because I, you know, growing up disabled and everything. I have like this unshakable like sense of self just because like I don't, I always feel arrogant when I say this, but like I know that I have like done spectacular things and I have beat the odds. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, don't think I that's arrogant. I am like only 13% of people with disabilities ever graduate with degrees and the number is even less for master's degrees. You know what I mean? So like, I know where I came from. I know what I've achieved. Like I, it's very hard for me to give into like negative emotions just because of I like how good my life is because of the things that I've done. But health anxiety is totally different for me. Like am I, I the health anxiety is almost the opposite because I've had so many health problems. My anxiety is like health anxiety is like because I've had so many like one in a million things be like, oh yeah, actually you are the one in a million. Yeah. You know what I mean? That it's, it's been, it, that's rough for me. I but, um, I mean, that's also, I've also, and this is almost a detriment to how I handle your mental health is I have sort of overcome my health anxiety in the sense that like, I know how to deal with it. Like I, know what to do when I start having a panic attack. I can convince myself it's just a panic attack. I can, you know, I'll still be stressed, but I can, I know very well how to manage it. And I feel like sometimes it's almost a detriment to me helping with your mental health because I'm just like, just do this, this, and this, and you'll get over it. You, you know what I mean? You are able to will yourself out of your anxiety and like mentally fix what's going on with you yourself. And you are able to, which is honestly what the dream would be for people with anxiety, is to be able to rationalize and all of those things. For me, though, I am very like, you are able to do that, which is what I think people wish they could do with anxiety. For me, I am the opposite. And I sometimes can like spiral and I don't have that sort of mental, I can't will my way out of a panic attack the way that you can. And also, I think... I have like I know it's much easier for me to do deal with it, it with people at work. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like I am trained to deal with mental health crises and I'm trained to deal with certain, you know, behavioral disabilities and stuff like that. I'm trained to deal with that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But because of that, I almost treat it like a job sometimes when I'm trying to help you. And I think it it comes off as very impersonal yes. in the way that I'm trying to help you. Just because I've got it down to such a science and it like I know what to do at work. I know what to do for myself that sometimes I'm just like, you know. What you do for your partner would be very different than how you would handle something at work because it is more personal. And I think for me, how I – I don't know. We're still working on that, I guess. The best way to be effective and helpful if like I'm going through something 
I think we're still working on that. That's yeah. still very much a work in progress. Not that it's bad. And the other thing is, I think uh, your anxiety, cha- like your anxiety, depression changes very much over time. So like something like the frequency changes, the intensity changes. Yes. And not just like changes, but sometimes we'll go back to how you, things that were happening two years ago and then certain things. So I think it's very much something that we will never have down pat. It's just something we'll have to work well, towards. Well, it's, it's the inconsistency in mental illness, you know? Like yeah. there's no consistencies in it. So it's very much like day by day, we just have to do yeah. the best we can. And I think yeah. to your credit, you would do the absolute best well, that you can. You. I really but, uh, do. I think you do the best you can. I think, I think we unfortunately have to wrap this up here because this is the longest podcast we've ever filmed. Yeah. We're running out of space on the memory card and <laughs> Hannah's computer, the audio keeps stopping recording. I think it's running out of memory or something. So, Thank you for watching if yeah. you did. It's fun you. to chat. We'll do this again next week. Eh. Do well, it again next week. Next week will be my birthday, but we're still going to put on the day yeah. we post. We're going to do a light speed outro here because the computer is running out of space. So goodbye, everybody. What do we say? Bye. Thanks for watching. We'll see you Go- next week. Goodbye. We're out of space. <laughs> <laughs>